Yo, what is up, everybody? This is episode 29 of the DPS podcast. Been a pretty crazy couple of weeks, man. We had a lot of milestones that we hit as a, a podcast, and my co-host with the co-most, you know, shout out to, mm-hmm. you know, Lord Cognito, he hit a milestone himself over the last couple of weeks and um, celebrated with a beautiful stream. Not only one stream, two beautiful streams. First of all, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, yes. You said your. Who is the, your co host? The co host with the co most. You said Lord Cognito. I said shout out to Lord Cognito for the sake because he's the one that says, see, look at you. Look at I'm you. Com- I was confused. Jesus Christ. I said co host with the co most. Shout out to Lord Cognito for the saying. That's what he says in his podcast. And uh, I was just giving him a okay, shout out okay. for what he was saying. But okay, let me get okay. back to sh- wait, hold on. Let me get back to showering you because I was showering you with praise before you decided to want to take an axe to my neck before I, I even got a chance to say what I was going to say. I, was, I, I just wanted clarification, man. You just that's, wanted that's, clarification, that's, sir. I, I was confused for a moment. You was that's confused. All, okay. You know, all right. Well, well, let's try this again. See, First, see, of- ra- race a guy, ra- ra- race. Forte is already drunk. Oh I mean, Lord, it, here we go. Here we, we go. Just got started. And, here we and, go. And the, the libations have already begun. <laughs> okay, whatever. First of all, um, like I said, as a podcast, we're celebrating almost thirty episodes. That's going to be next week on Slowbo's channel as usual. Um, my man, my co-host. You know, he hit a milestone on his channel, and um, if he didn't get a chance to partake in that milestone, it was pretty epic. So, Slowmo, first of all. Always great to be here with you every week. Please tell the fine people what you've been doing for the last weekend. What milestone are we talking about? Well, I hit uh, a thousand subs and um, great. You know, it was great to see. It was great to to, to uh, hit that milestone. But then it also required me to do something that I've been kind of dreading <laughs> for a little while now. And that, that little something was playing Bucksnacks. And yeah so your boy played buck snacks man and you know let, let me let me do this let me let me let me let me not completely cap here it's not horrible game okay it's not horrible it ain't for me clearly but it's a game that it, look if you if you're into that <laughs> i don't know why you would be but if you're into it you could probably have a little fun with it but I was I was in misery, okay? You know, I was the guy in literally misery, you know, tied to a bed, you know, with a block of wood in between his ankles, you know, getting getting hit with a sledgehammer. That, that was me, you know. So it's it, it was it was it was awful. Yeah, I was glad people enjoyed themselves. So hey. Look, man. Um it was a good stream, I think. And uh people it, people thought it was pretty cool. Um had to do it twice, which wasn't planned at all. But you know, it, it is what it is, and uh, it, it's uh, it's it, it was it was it wasn't too bad. I actually think I might do more streaming um in the future uh, of games because clearly people uh, for some reason like to see me um um playing something poorly. But we'll we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I don't know what we may play next. Hey, maybe you and I can do some of these duo games. And I'm not talking about it takes two, which is, it seems like everyone's playing that. But I'm yeah. talking about like, um, 
like the the uh, the dark picture games, you know, like the uh, yeah. like uh, you know stuff like that, like um, games that are co-op and 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 have a strong co-op aspect to them. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe maybe we could do some of that. And uh, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, outside of that, I have been playing the crap out of Outriders. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> In a in a little bit about you know I, I wish I could have just heaped all the praise on it that I wanted to, but that unfortunately is not going to happen. <laughs> um, but I, I literally have like forty five hours in that game, and it came out last week. Yeah, forty five hours. So yeah, that that's that's been my week, and and I apologize for everybody that's been wondering what where my video's been at, um, because I've been playing Outriders, man. But you know that that's definitely going to get rectified very very soon. But what about you, man? How how, how you been? How you been doing, man? Listen, man, I've been living the Outriders life. Your boy, listen, listen, man, it, it's been hard. Yeah, I know you guys see the icon. It's the iconic Destiny Hunter, and your boy has done nothing but just play destiny pretty much consistently for the last seven years and oh boy man i don't know if i hit a wall with destiny or anything like that wow. i haven't felt this good playing something else since god of war and it's kind of crazy because i would have never paid uh outriders um to actually be a game that would i would put on the same level as god of war and even though it's not the same quality but no, literally no, that's not. Yeah. it's definitely not the same quality. We're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about that a lot today. But mm-hmm. just the pure amount of fun you have in the game. And I've been and honestly, I haven't even played with anybody because that's part of the, the problem with this the game that is you can't play with people. Uh, I've done mm-hmm. a lot of it solo, pretty much 90% of the game. I'm almost at the end. Shout out to my boy Slow Mo. We were sitting in a party. Um on discord yesterday to 2 30 in the morning and all slow-mo kept saying is man if this game worked we could be playing with each other instead of just sitting here talking <laughs> <Exactly>. about it <laughs> so so i literally set up with slow-mo to like what worked two, in the demo yeah yeah it worked in the demo i actually played the game with slow-mo in the demo but it doesn't work here but that will be a conversation for later in the podcast but yeah i set up with him till 2 30 in the morning just kicking it with my homie and you know progressing through the game until slumbo busts my bubble by saying yo bro you need to go to bed you still got about another 45 minutes to an hour before you beat that game i was like <laughs> i went into a camp i got murked by a couple of uh uh captains and i was like yeah i'm going to bed bro going to bed but um yeah outside of that man it's just pretty much been nothing but um outriders um i jumped into a game of destiny with luca because she got a brand new weapon and she wanted to try it out and I proceeded to get owned in the game because I haven't really played the game in two weeks. So it, that was pretty bad and pretty interesting. Um, and then outside of that, I did, um, I have been playing Octopath Traveler for the last two, two oh, weeks. Really? Oh, well, I beat the game on Switch, but oh, I always, okay, okay. I always wish we were able to get achievements on it. And you know, that's what I w- as much as I say, Nintendo is so, they do so well with the way that they, you know, publish and release and talk about their games, man, the functionality, you, you really truly don't know what games are truly being missed out on by the community just because they don't have achievements. Like some people don't want to, they don't want to put 
90 hours or 100 hours into a game unless they have something to show for it. You know, yeah, you can pull up the your 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 profile and it shows that you, oh, I played 120 hours of Breath of the Wild. But what does that really mean? Like that could mean you just fell asleep with your switch on. It doesn't mean that you actually played that many hours. But or, uh, or, or like Taz, where he says he's played uh, 45 hours of the the uh, Outriders um, sign-in screen. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Taz because he can't get into a game. Exactly. He walked oh, away man. for a while, fell asleep. Like I'm just gonna go to bed. But yo, outside of that, man, that's that's all I've been truly um, playing and stuff. But um, yeah, man. But outside of that, man, there's been. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on and um the funny thing is we're gonna start with um we'll, even though and i have we'll, we'll start with mass effect because i have it on the screen right now so there has been you know in this video you see courtesy of ign and um dustin the gary you know actually did a really good breakdown of everything that's going to be the differences in the changes and from what i saw Bro, well, we already knew Mass Effect One was the stepchild of the of the three Mass, Mass Effect games. <laughs> no, well, some people don't know it. They, 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 some they, people you know, don't know it. Some people don't recognize. They, they, they. Yeah, they're in the now. Look, Mass or, Effect or they, had to the start. Nostalgia has had a strong, strong power. Yeah, yeah. On them. Yeah, Mass Effect had a. Um, Mass Effect did have a third child. There was a third child part of Mass Effect, and um, um. No one ever remembers how bad the first one truly was because the last two, especially the second one, was so great and the well, gameplay let's, was so phenomenal. Let's, let's clarify that. Go ahead. Bad in in comparison to the other games, not. Oh bad no 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 no. Yeah, in comparison like, of the other games, it's literally a bad game. It's not. It's, no. it's not a no. bad game. It's, Mass it's actually a very very good game. Oh yeah. With a with a superior story to what you will find in if that, if that of game came out today if it was a modern if it had a modern engine with a modern game design and that story it would be game of the year this year right easily yeah i agree and i think that is the the thing that a lot of people and, and i like having these conversations because as much as i laugh at people that sit here and say yo me2 is trash compared to me1 and I look at them like, or, like or, or somebody that will say, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is literally <laughs> the, the child that was, uh, adopted. <laughs> it's yeah, def- now, here's now an adopted child. That's not a good game. Man, that's that's the not one a good game. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's not a good game. That's not a that, good that game. Was, that was, that was, there was nothing good about that game. Yeah. Oh, first of all, before we continue, um, um, I know we were having audio issues last week. Um, let me know if I am way louder or I need to be turned up or if slow no you see me turned up so we can hear them better. Um, so we can adjust that on the fly. Uh, but if it's all good, just, you know, let us know. But, um, outside of that, man, um, <laughs> yo, shout out to Hogue law and his takes on that. We gotta have to get him on. We know we definitely gotta have to talk to him and get him on DPS when uh, mass effect legendary edition comes out. Cause I know he said he was definitely down to play it again. I just want to see if he actually, wants to keep capping for me one <laughs> after playing it all over again now granted after he plays it this it time it better. might be a better experience be... exactly so it will I, be a yeah. better experience so it now, technically it... could almost look you do you actually think that me one could actually come out better than me two with the fixes no. i don't no. think so either i don't think they anything no. they could do 
because here here is to and not to get so deep into it but it's not that me2 is better than me1 because um of strictly the 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 combat issues that mass effect one had and the mako and and the you know the the elevator rides and 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 all the technical stuff it's also the fact that you know me2 had a suicide mission that was something that was just never done in a game before Facts. and executed masterfully it w- they had uh characters that you know you know, you know the, the mass effect one's characters are very very good as well but i mean they ain't got miranda lawson so like i don't even know like like you can't you can't you got we got miranda lawson on, on mass effect too man so it's just uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's there. There are more reasons than just the the issues with bugs that that make ME two better, and probably like in, in my opinion, one of the best games I've I've ever played. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I listen, man. I there is nothing that anybody can tell me when it comes to this game, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was actually talking to um, I was talking to Lord Cognito, and I was talking to Attic at a party about it. And um, they say, yeah, we're really looking forward to what you guys are going to be talking about when it comes to Mass Effect, because even if you guys don't want to play the uh, Legendary Edition, you guys are going to have to because y'all talking cap about it so much. I'm like, listen, it wasn't even a thought process in my mind that we weren't going to play this game. And guess what? We will have a podcast pretty much dedicated to the amazingness of all three of these things. Thank God they didn't decide to put that fourth one as part of this um, legendary edition because I probably would have barfed. They they, they wouldn't dare. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I look, I I play through, I usually play through the trilogy at least once a year. So of course I would play through the legendary edition. Like, why wouldn't I? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a ritual. I gotta do it. I got. I just got to. Yeah. When's the last time <laughs> you actually did play through? Um, um, last year, like uh, early, late last year, I was playing through it, and um, once the announcement became official about the the the, uh, the legendary edition, I didn't complete uh, Mass Effect Three. Oh, so you I didn't complete figured, it. I got you. Yeah, I just gotta figure. Like you know, I'll just go ahead and just start all all over when the the the, uh, the trilogy comes out so listen um i'm with but, you. But, you know but, but since we're talking about it yeah, uh, go ahead. i actually have the uh the, you have the changes the, yeah the changes because i have the screenshot right too but if you want to um dive oh, into no. what the changes are oh yeah, yeah go ahead and put well, one there's a super yeah chat. i'll put them up too oh we got a super chat i didn't see it uh ash and luca with the uh five dollar super chat hello gentlemen uh it's the kind, polite Luca. You know, I don't think anyone's ever called her that. But a great show so far. Mass Effect 2 had the best companions in Mass Effect series. Facts. Big facts. Better companions than Mass Effect 1's companions. Not No shade towards the Mass Effect 1 companions because they even, you know, um, come back and, and are a compa- um, somewhat companions of Mass Effect 2 as well. But uh, it definitely better than Mass Effect 3's companions. Mass Effect 3's companions are just they cool. are <laughs> it's just like what, what what's happening here uh uh Edie, um some random some random um on steroids dude who uh who, who keeps doing pull-ups 
you know, the whole game. And uh, yeah, I just and then you know everyone else's uh, every all the other games companions. I mean, it's just it's it's yeah, exactly. Thank you, Um, uh, thank you, Luca, for the five dollar holler. Slow mo. I am transitioning the screen to go so you can actually and we can actually go over that stuff. So yeah, go ahead and tell talk about the uh, stuff that's being changed. Yeah, I'm not even. I mean, let me, let me can't find the screen again but it's fine um uh one of the big changes that first thing, the first change i wanted to talk about um because there's a, a lot of that what they talked about was about all the changes that they made to uh mass effect one because they need the most love but one of the other big changes that i thought was really interesting and i'm not quite certain how i feel about it quite yet is the the galactic readiness meter yes so you you saw that part, right? I did. So uh, okay, so for those who probably aren't really know what I'm talking about, the Galactus readiness meter is something that was introduced in Mass Effect Three, and essentially you be you be playing through the game, and you would have this meter that was telling you how ready you were to take on the Reapers, the mm-hmm. enemy that's trying to destroy the entire galaxy, or all hum- all uh, sentient life in the galaxy, and one. The meter was important because if you got it to 100%, that means that when you did the ending, and, and since we're so close to launch of, of this, I'm not going to talk about what the ending is. I'm not going to say what you get, but there's a there's a special scene that happens at the end of the game. So you would have, so essentially how you did that was you would have to do all this these multiplayer missions and and complete multiplayer content that frankly no one really it's it wasn't bad in mass effect 3 but that's not what people play mass effect for right people didn't want to play mass effect for the multiplayer there were some who who engaged it and and, and enjoyed it but it wasn't what you were there for and that they were forced people into it was not one of the, the complaints that people had about mass effect 3 so oh that's it um, they uh, after launch they changed that so that instead of forcing you to play multiplayer to the spe- the, the special ending, you uh you, they changed it to you completing all of like the content like you you the more side missions and stuff that you did the higher your meter would go. So that was their way of fixing a, a, a mistake that they had made. Right now, now what they're doing, which and and I'm a, I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it. And I want to hear how you feel about it, Forte. Is that they're changing the galactic readiness meter now takes into account your completion of all content from Mass Effect one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, wait, hold, hold, hold up, man. So so this is first of all, there's a lot of content in Mass Effect one. It's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of randomly <laughs> <laughs> these randomly generated like Atari 2600 looking graphic plan- like planet barren planets mm-hmm. that you go to. They're going to make you go to all of them. You're going to have to go to all of these mm-hmm. I thought, to, I thought. <laughs> and do all of those cut and paste missions all with those the, side the, quests the, the that side we all quests skip with the same yeah with the same in, interior 
uh, space with the it looked like all the 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 mercenaries. The same planet bought. with the same bunker with a different yeah. color shade on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They all bought the same, you know, um, mercenary base. You know, from from like whatever a real estate company that hands out mercenary bases in 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 the the Mass Effect universe. That, you mm-hmm. know, it, it 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 was like just just cut and paste, man. R- really, really cut and paste. Really weird. Um, that's a lot. You know, I I, I don't know how many people are going to be cool with that to do all of that. Now, I I'm I'll do it. it, it it's not that big a deal to me. But that's me, you know, big Mass Effect fan over here. I can mm-hmm. see other people trying the series out for the first time. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of those people. There's a lot of people who missed out and didn't realize how good it was back when they were brand new. It, people that we know that, you know, they're big time gamers. And they're just like, you know what? I want to know what the, the fuss is about. I kind of feel bad where they're in order for them to get like the, the great ending. Like imagine imagine you didn't do everything for mass effect one right you do more in mass effect two but then you get the mass effect three and you find out oh man i'm not going to get some special ending because i didn't do (laughs) i didn't do content from you know for two games back Mm -hmm. like i can't i can't see people saying well i'm not i'm not starting over Right. And, and you know that's that's unfortunate i think um and I mean, that's that's my opinion on it what, what about you what do you think man look man remember how the collective your your readiness level was also tied to the multiplayer so the more people you got the level 20 and you and you moved them into the ranks it would affect your readiness level mm-hmm. well we i wonder if this is their way because they're not bringing the multiplayer over is this their way of kind of making you do the same thing that you did in multiplayer because let's be real that was a grind to get characters to level 20 and mm. to get each character there so is this their way of trying to say we want to retain that um facet of the game but instead of not having a multiplayer we're going to make you take all your accolades from mass effect one and three to actually get you where you need to be to be galactically ready for the attack of the reapers <laughs> which so when i saw that i was like oh they literally punted on this part of the game they, yeah. they at a certain point i would have just rather you just not have it in there at all because does mm-hmm. it really impact and that's the thing i want to ask you stumble did it did it really impact you in me2 when you played it did it did that actually impact your gameplay Wait, 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 wait. Say that. I know. I'm sorry. Did the readiness? Did the readiness level? Did it actually impact your gameplay? Um, no. It did. Really? It was just. It was basically just a way to say I'm sending more people to a fight that I. Okay, we know this is about to happen, and yeah, we know yeah, it's random cut and paste, uh, survival mode, yes, port mode kind of missions. That's it. That's yeah. all it was. So why is this even in the game? But what they now they don't have that in the game anymore. Well, they don't have the but, they don't have the multiplayer stuff in the game anymore. Right, 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 right. But they still kept this, you know. But why why keep the readiness level? Yeah, because that was the I, whole that was the whole benefit of you. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. understand why they kept it. They could they could have just done away with it and right. give everyone that that special scene at the end. Right, but that, like I said, that was literally the only reason you got the special scene at the end when you did it, and. It was just uh, carried on a stick to like 
make you feel like in Mass Effect 2 that you were contributing to the war effort in the campaign mm -hmm. when technically yeah. all you were doing was getting yourself set up to get a cutscene at the end, which all you and the thing is all you had to do was do one character. People didn't know that. You didn't have to do like I remember mm -hmm. I played that multiplayer like crazy and I probably put like 40 or 50 people through there because I was just cranking them out because that's how much I was playing it. You only had to mm -hmm. do it one time. So I applaud them for trying to keep a feature that was in the original game, you know, um, trying to spruce it up and actually make it a part of the gameplay loop. But the gameplay loop that it was technically a part of isn't even in the game right so why I, do you even have it what i would have did is that i would have had the galactus rating as me to be more symbolic than actual real yes. whereas with the story as you progress through the story it would just kind of be like you see your readiness meter go up as you start to gain um and and I, I'm, I'm trying to be as as vague as possible for people um, who would be, uh, well, um, we're talking go, about the, the crew. Yeah. 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 But, but, um, I'm, 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 I mean, Vegas possible for people who haven't played it. Yet yes. I'm saying, but you're talking it. about, you're talking about like crew and see yeah, that yeah. level go up as you progress through the story. And cause there's a, the thing people don't realize Mass Effect has so many ebb and flows, so many values and val uh, valleys and peaks inside of it, where one decision can literally all decisions can be overcome in Mass Effect, no matter what decision you make. The difference is how you're perceived in this so-called giant universe. It's not even so-called, it is a giant universe um, of characters and factions and all these different NPCs and how they, they receive and respect you or not respect you. Um, all that stuff can be tied into what that readiness level. Think about it. How if your readiness level was tied to kind of the factions and stuff you endeared yourself to through the renegade system or through the Paragon system, and you got Quarians to help you do this, and the Krogans did this, and it made your renegade level go up and down like it does in the game now, but it also is tied to what your collective readiness is. You know, the more people you help and the more side quests you do inside the game that benefits certain factions, it makes them want to help you in the war effort, or they want to contribute more people to the um, to the fight to make that meter go up. Dang, Slum, we just literally came up with a better way of doing this than. Uh, yo, they, <laughs> Bioware, I'm available. Yeah, look, we look, available I'm, I'm not, Bioware. I'm not moving to Edmonton, but if you want to bring me on as like a consultant, yeah, you know, you know, work remotely, get on Zoom calls, you know, look, look at what you're working at. Tell you that's a bad idea. Don't ever do that again. Matter of fact, uh, go 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 jump off the building with that dumb idea. That kind of stuff. I'm here. Yep. I, I'm I'm available. Yo, but shout no. out to yeah, shout out to uh Cat Daddy. He, he says, you know, never mind. He's not doing any of that stuff. And then he also and, yeah. and he also says, I'm just going to get whatever ending I get and just YouTube the rest. Yo, let me let me tell you something. The one They're thing setting themselves up for the same kind of disappointment. Yes, that that people got when they first played it when it back when they first came mm -hmm. out. They're setting themselves up. For They're that. setting themselves. I'm. I'm and this isn't a spoiler. This is just me giving you my thought process on how you play the game, how you want to play it. Mm -hmm. But Mass Effect, especially if you do it all the way from the beginning to the end, because all your progress 
uh, just carries over character and everything all the way till you get to the very end. Mm-hmm. Go into this, play the game how you want to play. Like me, I played it. Everybody knows I normally play as female characters in games because I play shooters. And even knowing their hitbox aren't smaller in actuality, it in my mind, I just feel like it's a smaller target. So it just helps me play the game better. But Mass Effect was the game where I actually felt like I wanted to portray myself into this character. I want to feel like the things I did in the game are things that I would do in real life if this was me. So when I played the game, I played it in that manner now some people like slow-mo he played the a-hole of the group knowing he ain't an a-hole in real life he just wanted to see what it's like to kick people off of, off of balconies and stuff maybe i don't know but ultimately That's play funny. the play the game <laughs> how you want to play the game and live with the consequences of the gameplay that you have in place because you will enjoy the game way more if you just play it the way that you want to play it versus how, oh, I just want to be all renegade this game, or I want to be all paragon, or I want to play right down the middle. Play it the, play it the way that is beneficial to the way you want to play it, and you won't be disappointed in the game in the end because the game mm. is going to literally feed you the ending that is this depicted for the way that you played the game. And I think that's the one thing that people should go into this game thinking because they didn't change the ending of Mass Effect 3. That game is still going in the same exact way that it ended 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, now, granted, you're getting the new the, the new ending that they added in here, so you won't see the BS they gave the community and, and, and the first people, time. And some people actually never went back and played it again. And never went back and chance to see they, the new ending. Yeah, to see the new ending. So that, But that's going to be fresh for even people who played through the trilogy in the past. But um, did, since you brought up like uh, your Paragon and your Renegade levels and the choices that you have in the game, they did say that they were kind of uh, fine-tuning some of that, yes. some of the, the the choices where they it may not have been very fair to the player to uh, not have a certain like uh, pass a certain check or a certain level in order to get a a desired uh, um, a desired uh, choice or a desired outcome, and I think. Uh, I think what they probably are talking. Well, I, I can give a great example of what they're talking about, but uh, that, that would be a spoiler. So I'm just not going to say. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, well but, it's, um, it's not too much you can actually say about this game. That's not technically a spoiler. And and normally true, true, we true. don't hold spoilers uh, at bay, but the fact that they are bringing this re- game back out for a lot again. of people to yeah. never play it. Yeah. Mum's um, the word. But but to to try to you know like speed the process up. Um, the, the as we said before, the most of the work went to Mass Effect One. Um, it was the first time by Bioware did any game any kind of shooting elements to it, and so uh, the Mass Effect One, the original game, did not have very good cover shooting, accuracy in shooting, uh, uh, getting into cover sometimes was a pain staying into cover when you would try to pop out of cover and shoot an enemy and then your character would like slide do a slide out of cover that will expose you um that kind of stuff was was i didn't even know you see this slow-mo i didn't even know that was a thing well now that i think about it you see on the screen shepherd can now sprint out of combat yeah you didn't know that. i did not realize in mass effect one that you could not sprint away from combat that's yeah. how long it's been since I played ME1. 
They also, think about that in Mass Effect 2, if you get shot at and you're in cover, you could actually sprint away and get mm. to a cover that's further away. You couldn't do that at ME1. All you could do is get out of cover and walk as slow as possible away from the enemy because you couldn't run. Yeah. Also, there was the uh, with the inventory system. Um, they had all that inventory. You would get all this junk. It, it was the, it was Mass Effect One is the only of one of the of the three where you have your more of your classical hey. RPG inventory system where you would. Uh, uh, we, we talked about Outriders. If, if you played Outriders, you That's see how you, you get a lot of trash loot can. and and the vast majority of it's stuff that you don't want to use at that time, so you would just delete it. Where okay, in Mass Effect One, I got you. They man. had that, but more yes, of an ma'am. RPG system of getting you. getting um getting gear, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. there was no. Well, Junk all. There was no Upstairs. take everything and just you know like like tag it and then sell it Something at a vendor or turn it all into a water. resource that you can use for later. That's <laughs> stuff that kind of got implemented and like later on in game as a, as a game design element to deal with inventory and they didn't have that back then for Mass Effect 1. Well, they're adding that into the game now, so you're going to get that kind of benefit that you didn't have before. Uh, what else here? Um, the Mako. They are fixing the Mako. Um, they're actually allowing it to have realistic game fi- like uh, fi- uh, physics so that it makes sense when the Mako hits a rock and instead of like in the original game where it would like almost flip over, uh, that it actually like realistically goes over terrain. It's a little bit weightier. Uh, accuracy and shooting that isn't um, abysmal. And uh, if you touch the lava, it doesn't. Inst- it's not instant, you know, dead and respawn, which would make no sense if a, a, a big tank touched a little bit of lava. So, uh oh. Forte? I'm here. Uh Cat Daddy said, did Forte forget to mute his mic? I don't know what happened. Are you <laughs> eating? Was I mute? Oh, my kid was down here next to me eating. I thought I had it muted. Well, that'll be all over the, the audio. Um <laughs> Peyton say tell Slomo you sorry about eating next to the mic. She just <laughs> He just walked away. <laughs> um, uh, what was? Oh yeah, so yeah, there, there's that, and then uh, another another uh, improvement is now they've kind of streamlined your the way your shepherd looks. So you know how like as in the original game, they used a proprietary engine, in-house engine called Eclipse, to uh, develop the first game. And um, Eclipse is uh, was really good for the kind of style of games they like to make, but uh, as far as graphics go, it was always lacking. Um, but Mass Effect Two, they went to uh, Unreal Engine Three, and so and so was Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Three was in Unreal Engine Three as well. Unreal Engine looked way better than the Eclipse engine. So what? Uh, when it came to Shepard, the differences in how Shepard, your Shepard looked, even though you may port, you, you can port your character over all your choices in the way your character looked 
to the next game, there will still be graphical differences due to the differences in the game engine. Now that's going to be all the same. So you create your character in the first, uh, when you start the Legendary Edition on Mass Effect 1, and it's the same exact look of your character throughout all three games. So I, I thought that was a, a nice quality of life change. And and just to, to finish up, uh, if you look at uh, uh, Dustin Legary's video that he did with IGN, uh, and and it's, it's got a lot of excerpts in there from the developers talking about some of the other small changes that they made that they just know this were, were good changes to have that didn't that that weren't necessary weren't necessary from what they did back in the day. So back in the day when this game first came out, I think what the first one came out on on three sixty, right? Or the, no, was it three sixty? Forte? Or was it was it at the end of the, the uh, original Xbox? Um, I can't remember. But regardless, I think it was at the end of which game? Mass Effect One. End of um uh, regular? No, yeah, regular regular. Yeah, Hunting? yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It no, was it was three sixty. It was three sixty. Okay, but but regardless, the hardware um wasn't strong enough to really put the entire all the environments the way they it was had designed a them into game the for game xbox 360 okay okay so what they ended up doing was a, a little trick that a lot of developers do to when they don't have enough resources enough memory with on the hardware in order for them to get the game in they do they kind of change the the environment a little bit they introduce walls to block out uh details from parts of the environment um, further uh, uh, further away. And so they said they took those walls out because with the, the current hardware and, and even with last generation hardware, Xbox One and, P and PlayStation 4, using the exact same game engine that they used, uh, that they did for the original, uh, the original two and three for the trilogy, they, they said we can actually take these walls away and make the whole final product look a lot better than it did in the actual original game because we don't need to save resources like we did before. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, all of them were three. So I don't know why I couldn't remember that. No, uh, you, but, uh, you literally had me bugging for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think that game would have ran on a regular. It, it definitely wouldn't have. I don't know what. I, I <laughs> like, yo, I remember um, regular Xbox uh, yeah. games not yeah. being all that great looking. Um, Brute Force yeah, yeah. was a good looking it's, game. It's, it just sucked. Hmm? Brute Force was a good looking game. It just sucked. I don't know about that. I don't think it was a good. I, I, I don't think it was a good. I mean, game well, either. some of you think about it now in today's, you know day and age of graphical fidelity no yeah, i didn't think it was sucks. good looking back then but that's also brute force is one of the first games that uh i got hit with the okie doke oh if, yeah because the, when they first showed the screenshots for mm -hmm. brute force in the in the in the video game magazines i was like this is what 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 xbox has in store i'm like all right like, i can't wait to play this and the game <laughs> came out and it just looked like a blurry green <laughs> and brown mess. I'm like, this game don't look nothing like what year they old showed mo Slow-mo at 18 years old was like, Xbox, they lit. It got it lit out here. Actually, you probably was seven, 16, 17, yeah. First Xbox game? Ah.
Yeah, that was like two. Yeah, yeah, two thousand three. That was like when it. Cause it, did, it wasn't a launch title. It was. It was like in the middle of the generation. Hmm. I, I was. I was upset. I was upset at at, at the the downgrade. That was the first game I ever saw the downgrade, and I was just like, "Bro, this is this is a huge step back from what they showed." <laughs> I, I had no idea what uh what um what pre-rendered um um content looked like until then. <laughs> no, but uh what was the name of that game? It was the one that um um to me the biggest downgrade of all was that Brink game. Remember it? No. You don't remember Brink? Oh, Brink, Brink. Yeah, yes, yeah, I remember Brink. Brink. Remember they showed us this this <laughs> this elaborate CGI where he was running through the city, sniper shooting from wall. I was like, yo, this look lit. And then the game mm-hmm. came out. I was like, man, y'all couldn't have went far enough from the truth of what y'all tried to sell people back in 2009, 2010. <laughs> yep. And they still doing it now. They still man. doing it now. Um most recent one is Cyberpunk. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess not. You know, listen, man, before we move on to the, we, we pretty just nailed everything in this before we move on to, um, the next topic is, um, I do part of me miss the days of when we would watch trailers, like one of my favorite, I think there were it, it cause Halo's my favorite franchise of all time. And I, I miss, you know, Halo 2 trailers. It was a whole they showed it off at the E3 the year before it came out. So it was it was literally a year and a half into this game release and it was the whole Salako scene where they show on with all the new lighting going through the tunnels and the in the sitting inside the ship. And then the bomb is sitting there and he opens up the door and gets flied out and all you see is the covenant ship underneath you and stuff. I remember seeing that trailer. I probably watched that trailer knowing I was like this is before I knew any better about what games are going to look like when they finally come out. But mm-hmm. when I saw that trailer, I was like, yo, I, this is going to be monumental. I can't wait to play this game. Yeah, we had no idea what a vertical slice was. Yeah. Man. We did no idea what a vertical mm-hmm. slice was. That was nowhere in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so it, but that, and then remember the, um, the finish the fight trailer, the one with, um, with Master Chief standing in the desert with the cape with the cape over his head and he mm-hmm. pulls it off and all you see are the um the Wraith shooting the um you know the plasma bombs at him and mm-hmm. then he throws the bubble shield on the ground and he runs and jumps on the elites at the end. Yo, don't Xbox was in a whole nother level of marketing. Like the marketing what happened? What happened to the marketing people at Xbox? Listen, those were iconic memories I will never forget just watching those trailers and part of me just feels like maybe because we are more wiser you know people that used to watch that stuff were older now so now that we know that like you said what a vertical slice is or what um gameplay versus cinematics look like it kind of took away it kind of takes away from that imagination of yo games are just games and they're fun and i just can't wait to play it now we look at games like i don't want to watch a cgi trailer if it ain't gameplay you know i'm not interested yeah like don't don't show me the game like i'm done with teaser trailers yeah i'm done with that stuff now yeah like because i've been 
tricked too many times. Yep. For, and, and look, and there's, I know, I know this may sound somewhat hypocritical if there is like an Xbox executive listening to this and they're just like, hold up. You know, uh, clearly they don't, they haven't been listening to me all these years, but like, <laughs> didn't this same guy say, look, man, what do you have in store for me? Like, do you have games coming? I don't care if it's a JPEG. Put it up on screen so I know what's coming. I know I said that in the past. I know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, what I <laughs> what I want now is look, let, let's 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 not do teaser trailers anymore. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Give me an announcement. If you guys just come out on stage with a with a developer, like send Matt Booty out on stage and say, hey. We're doing Crimson Skies 2 mm. and walk off stage. Bam. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know what to expect. Cool. Don't do a teaser trailer. Mm. I don't want to see anything until you got something substantial from the game already. That's when I want to see the game. So to use my example of Crimson Skies, show me an actual trailer of the game when you got like a running prototype going, you know, show it then. Mm-hmm. That, that, that then I want to see it. Uh, the trailers for Undead Labs' games, State of Decay, really misleading. I know what to expect from that game. Other people may not. Newer gamers may not, and they see this this nice beautiful trailer from blur studios and they think oh man because they, they did it before they did it they did it with sadie k2 and then said triple a all the way mm-hmm. and it wasn't and then they also have started out marketing that game this way as well with the, the trailer with the uh, the black girl in the woods and you know and the, the the zombie deer you know and all that stuff and look look great looking trailer awesome yeah. trailer i i want to i want to watch that movie Right, you know, like because that's what it looked like. It looked like a, a, a animated movie, but I know that's not State of Decay. Like that doesn't give me any indication, any gamer, any indication of what this game what is what that game is really going to be like. Right. That game is a survival, uh, a survival zombie game. Like that. That's not how the game looks or how it operates whatsoever it's survival survival zombie simulation is is what it is yeah and i don't want to see anything that that misrepresents what the game is going to be or doesn't give me enough information of what the game is going to be i think i've seen that too often with too many games coming out of the xbox game studios camp ever while we got two teaser trailers and even the dev don't know what the game is. You know what? <laughs> what don't don't sh- don't show me that. Don't right. don't show me that game. Um, what else? Uh, uh, I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Um, Perfect Dark. Yeah. Like even though it's a remake, you're bringing Perfect Dark back, but still, like that trailer told us absolutely nothing. Like <laughs> for for that game to be gone for as long as it's been, there's a whole generations of gamers that have never played Perfect Dark before. That told them nothing of what kind of game it is. Right. Just don't show it. 
just 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 you know go out on stage and be like we you know are announcing the initiative is working on a perfect dark sequel and you could have said that a long time ago you didn't need to you know waste all the developers time in preparing a, a a nonsense trailer of a drone flying around the city you didn't need to do any of that stuff and 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 have people not working on the on the actual game at all you could have just you know brought gallagher out the head of the studio and say perfect dark and then walk off the stage yeah I, i'm and, with and, you yeah it's just a waste yeah so look man uh interesting conversation there uh we can we can we could dive down that topic for the whole uh, okay, show hey. <laughs> Mecca Duff says, maybe it's not about what you want, but okay, clearly someone's triggered. Of, of oh. course it's not. Of, of yeah. course it's not about all I, what I want, but all I care about is what I want. The same way all you care about is what you want. Exactly. I'm just giving my perspective. If you don't like that, then that's fine. But telling me what I already know is, is kind of pointless for both of us, sir. So. Hey, man, say, can you imagine the show with just logos? That's a bad mark. That's bad marketing. Hey, you're not see this is this is when people don't listen, right? Did I say a whole show full of logos? Was no, those, you didn't. Well, those words that came out of no, my mouth. They were. So, so how so how did people come to this conclusion? It's 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 like people don't you you criticize a platform for something that they do and and brain cells just die immediately <laughs> and people don't listen anymore. Let's let let's let's be let's let's be adults here mm -hmm. i criticized a marketing approach they're doing with their new games i am not saying let's have an entire e3 conference full of logos that's silly all games that they're working on are in various stages of development halo infinite for example is in much further along than fable so of course you have more to show with Halo Infinite than you do with Fable, and so in that in in that example, if you got a, if you have nothing to show for Fable, don't give us a teaser. Of as humorous as it was to see this fairy get eaten by a frog, that fairy, no, that frog will be in that <laughs> game. So just don't show me that. Yeah, just make the announcement. But Halo Infinite, show me a game that is going to be representative of what the game is going to be when it comes out. When they, when Bethesda finally shows Starfield, it's going to be of that same level of, of development where it's going to be pretty much ready to go in typical Bethesda fashion. So, yo, show me the game. I actually will say I like the way Bethesda does that. They don't give you, usually for their in-house games, they don't have you watching a whole bunch of trailers over the course of two years until the game comes out they keep it close to their vest and then when it's ready to go they hit you at e3 with a huge blowout for the game and say coming out this fall i love it that, that's 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 i think that's perfect you showed me what the game looks like and you're telling me that this at the same time you're telling me what the release date is and it's not that far off i think it's awesome so I, I feel like I may have finally explained that perfectly for everyone that is listening. And the last show wasn't completely full of teaser trailers on my but still. And yeah, I mean, I you know, I think sometimes people, when they look at things and look, 
inherently, is there anything wrong with teaser trailers? No, but I think everybody, if you go to anybody's live streams and you watch their reactions to this stuff, or you just watch their videos after the fact, everybody likes the fact that you're getting content. They like to know what's coming, but those trailers do absolutely nothing for you. Just like, uh, Ramon Terrell says, every time I see a CGI trailer, I roll my eyes as, as you said, it tells us absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it gets it also for people who aren't aware, it gives them a false pretense of what the game what is the really going to look like, which is unfair to the developer because now the developer has to, has to try to raise the, the, the visual fidelity of the game to this ideal that has mm -hmm. now been set by someone outside the studio. Yeah. Exactly. It's not fair. It's not fair to anybody. It's not fair to the gamer because they're getting a false, a false, uh, a false perception. Mm -hmm. And then it's not fair to the developer because they're trying to then now they gotta make changes for where they expected the game to be at visually and dealing with their game engine, memory, everything, all the other resources that may be going on in the game. I'm at when I say things about like say like State of the K for example, and it's uh, and visually it won't live up to what we saw in those trailers. It's because what Undead Labs is doing in their world, it's it's a lot of stuff going on. That that world is is got z hordes all over the place. There are different factions that are doing things and have their own AI. It's it's a lot going on that the game is managing. You don't have you don't have all the resources available because it's not an infinite amount of memory for them to use in order to have the game looking visually like like the last of us part two while all that other stuff is going on it's just not possible so right. you know the game's not going to look like this mm -hmm. they're not even attempted to make it look like that it's just it, it's it, it's an old school way of of marketing that i feel like it, it's it's about time for this generation that 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 goes to the wayside no, I I agree 100%. So with that being said, let's transition over to <laughs> we're an hour into the show and we get to our first <laughs> we haven't topic. done a single we haven't topic. Done a single topic. <laughs> There's no check marks we on none of these topics. We haven't even talked about out. Okay, real quick, we got to we got we have to. Okay, we got to talk. We, you want to talk about out? I was going. I was going to. Okay, we could we could talk about it real quick. Well, actually, okay. let's do this MLB thing. And then we go in out of worlds. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, out of worlds. Um, Outriders. <laughs> there was an announcement of Outer Worlds too. Yeah, you never know, man. Microsoft does did say that the next one is going to be exclusive to their platform. It could be I'm anything. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I can't. I, I loved Outer Worlds. That was that yeah. Was I didn't great. get chest. I didn't play it. So you got to definitely. What? I did. Man, man, come on, Destiny dude, Stand. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, you you need to play you Destiny to play. Stand, sir. Okay, all right. Well, no excuse. You need to play no. You're the game. right. You're right. No excuse. No excuse. So MLB. Um. So this news dro <laughs> literally dropped the next day after DPS last week, and I literally text slow mo, and I'm like, bro, why could this have happened <laughs> one day earlier? <laughs> right. The whole show would have been nothing about how Microsoft literally pulled the wool over Sony's eyes and said, <laughs> all your, all your, um, all your cars and all your tanks belong to me. <laughs> But um, ultimately, um, we're not going to tie too deep into it because it's been kind of beaten over the head over the course of the last week. But 
if you've been living under a rock, you probably didn't know that MLB is a PlayStation exclusive. Well, it used to be an exclusive, but it is still being published and made by a PlayStation studio, which is San Diego uh, Studios out in San Diego, California. They're the one that's actually producing and making this game. Um, the reason this game was going to be multi-plat in the first place is because MLB decided that they said, we want more money. We want this game yeah. to see more eyes. We want this to be in a, we want a bigger player base. We want a bigger ecosystem. Um, they're looking at games like 2K and Madden and FIFA, and they're like, yo, we need, we need to get our return on investment, you know, even more on this game. So in 2019, they had a, um, they uh, had a restructure of the licensing contract with Sony and um, Sony had agreed to the terms of officially publishing. Well, not them publishing it, but them bringing this game to the Xbox ecosystem, to the Xbox players, to the console per se. Fast forward to <laughs> a week ago, Friday. And what did we wake up to, Slomo? We woke up to MLB The Show developed by uh, Sony San Diego Studio is going to Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. And that's, uh, yeah, oh, wait, wait. Um, shout out to Randall Thor with the $5 super chat. This Outriders class nerf is ridiculous. Uh oh your game first before tinkering with the classes. It's a PvE game, not a PvP game. Uh-oh, here we Preach. go. Here we Preach. go. We, hey, we, hey, Rain, we, want the, we gonna get into that Rain right after we, we get, get through this. All one. Up in that we gonna get the, all up into minutes. that right after this. <laughs> Matter of fact, we go fast because I definitely because now the Rain came in here. <laughs> we definitely got to get into it now. But yo, um, no, no. Well, let's let's, let's let's give this topic. It's, it's proper. Due. We'll give it this proper. Due. Um, now one, I will say this: MLB. I fully understand MLB wanting to do this. It makes sense on their part. They're the only, th think about this, they're the only major league sport that did not have a multi-plat game. So NBA 2K, Madden, FIFA, all the other sports have their game on all platforms where MLB only had their game on 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 simply just PlayStation, which is still the biggest console, you know, install base that there that that can't be scoffed at. Right. Yeah. At the same time, the, that's sales potential sales being left on the table, and so of course, Major League Baseball wants wanting more money, and and look, they don't care about you know con Sony's pockets. They don't care that Sony that Xbox is a competitor. They and 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 to the the point of Sony, Sony had the choice here. They could lose the the license and then have to really figure out what they're going to do with San Diego Studio going forward because they, they make that game annually, and having them completely switch gears, mod, remodify their engine for something different, or have them become a co-development studio to another studio. Is lost. That's a lot of money mm -hmm. that you're losing. So it, it 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 made sense that Sony agreed with it, simply because of the cost effect of switching away from this. Maybe now they know that ML, what M, MLB's intentions are 
they may decide, well, you know, we're going to have a, a portion of the San Diego team start prototyping a brand new IP, something different completely, not even a sports game, right? Not even a baseball game. And then when once it's at a certain point when we can transition a full studio over to it, maybe we'll be done, you know, further along in this contract where we can get out of it, you know, right. find an exit plan. But I don't think they had any idea of the the chess moves that were being made by uh, Phil Spencer and company in regards to seeing this opportunity and saying, hey, we're going to take our comparative game and put it in our uh, service. Now, mm-hmm. what I wonder, and I want to ask you about this, mm-hmm. why isn't this game also in PS Now? Mm. Is it because it's too expensive for them to they need to recoup their money on it? Oh, that's a good that's a good take. Putting yep. it in PS now would almost they feel like because they, they don't believe clearly don't believe in the model. They said, what did, of what did Jim Ryan right say? We don't believe they said we believe our games uh our games cost a hundred million dollars upwards to make. We believe mm-hmm. in our games having a theatrical release. We want right. them to, we want our gays to be celebrated. Those are all words that, you know, that Judas Ryan said, right? Mm. <laughs> Judas Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so they clearly don't believe that putting this game in PS now is the move to make regardless of what Xbox did with the game that they developed. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're a PlayStation fan and you, let's say you have, Let's say you, you you primarily game on PlayStation, but you also have an Xbox, and you like MLB the Show. I'm like, well, I'm not buying that on PlayStation. What for? Why? Why would I? Right. That that would make no sense to me. I'm going to get it on Xbox because, frankly, Game Pass is ten bucks a month and if i just got started with it it's a it's it's a dollar mm-hmm. you know for the first month and i can play mlb the show play through it everything i'm pretty i heard it's pretty uh, pretty substantial career modes kind of stuff so oh it's, it's pretty that deep you're going to be yeah you're not you're not going to be done with this game in like less than a month so right. however long it's in there and then i can if 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 it if it leaves the service before I'm done playing the game, I get a twenty percent off discount. Mm-hmm. What what damn, that that's still cheaper than me buying it on PlayStation, and I and, and that's the choice of me spending more money that I don't even have to spend. Mm. What you know that that's just a a well a well reasoned way to go about it i see i can see a lot of people making that kind of choice so well, I, I don't know i i think I, I just think we kind of talked about this last night on brap but i don't think that financially playstation can do what 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 microsoft is doing with game pass and so they're not even going to attempt it because they they don't want to make that risk of someone playing a game that they developed and spent a hundred million dollars on for whatever entry level price for one month is for PS now completing it and then uninstalling 
Because that's like the worst case scenario. That's something that even really Microsoft doesn't, even though you have the option. Microsoft don't want you to do that either. No, they don't want you to do that either. But you have the choice to do that. And that's the kind of risk that Microsoft is willing to take because they got the pockets to make it happen. Whereas PlayStation Sony does not have that those kind of pockets and they can't take that kind of risk. And yeah, that that's just what it comes down to. And it's why they won't make the move, the counter, the counter attack <laughs> to this this sneak attack by putting it in their uh somewhat of a competitive service in PS and PS now. But yeah. I don't know, I'm I am i do not a lot of talking, man. What, what do you think? No, no, you're good. Um I just think overall, um like I said on Brap yesterday, it's more of a optics situation. You know, PlayStation gamers that are PlayStation owners are gonna buy this game no matter what. It just see it just happens to be that, you know, in the move that PlayStation actually wanted to keep the license, because let's be for real, even though in the game only sells 1.5 to 2 million copies a year, mm-hmm. that's 1.5 to 2 million annually because baseball game, this, you know, sports games are annual releases. So yeah. if you was to tell, if you was to tell, this game has been in production since 2006. So at least over the last 10 years, since 2016, this game has, not 2006, since 2010, it's been averaging a million or more a year. You tell me on a game where you do minimum upgrade, not min, I ain't gonna say minimum, cause I don't wanna, you know, make it seem like the developer don't put work in, but- because they do. Yeah, no, it's a quality game. It's a quality game. Of, uh, how many people buy it? That's well, I think yeah. that has more to do with baseball just not being a very well. No, I'm just saying the anymore. fact that they are getting 1.5 to 2 million people to buy this game a year and it comes out every year. That means they mm. didn't sold anywhere from 15 to 20 million copies of MLB the show since 2010, meaning. They're making more money and people keep thinking, oh, it's not making that much money. No, they're making more money than you actually think because they're not. The development cycle is only about six to nine months on this game Mm -hmm. because they're doing minimal. You know, they're doing minimal upgrades to the game. Now, over the course of five years, those upgrades become very apparent, um, especially when it comes to the graphical side of it, when it comes to the way that the game plays and feels and different features they added to the game. You see drastic improvements if you go every three to four years, you know, but if you go year to year, it's mostly a generational um, little tinker here, upgrades to um, upgrades to um, gameplay elements, making the graphics look a little bit better, adding new rosters, uh, updating the rosters, adding new players to the game, you know, which all takes time. You know, they probably spend more time in the mocap studio with new characters, like new um, mm. players coming into the studio to get their faces scanned to be put into the game than anything else. And we, I, you know, we may, I may be, you know, discounting a lot of the stuff that they're actually doing because I do know they do a lot. But for the amount of time that this game is in development for them to sell as much as they do, that is still a lot of money. And that's why people, because people kept saying, well, Sony should have just let the license go. Well, they're looking at that like, yeah, we sell a lot. It's not that simple. It's not like, that yeah, simple. Like every choice you make has consequences. And yes, just it does. Letting the license go 
without t- having any forethought to, all right, so what are you going to do with Sony San Diego now? Because yep. you've got X number of developers that don't have a project to work on, but you know what they still have? They still have mouths to feed, yep. medical benefits, salaries that have to be that have to be paid and you don't have a, a project to put to replace their other project and put them on you can't just go hey all right well you know with no plan all right but we, you ain't doing that game no more or, or lay all those people off mm-hmm. that's a bad look all the way around and it so is. it's just you you can't just go well you know all right but we ain't doing the game then like that's like you can still make money off of this you can you can still and you're go, you're going to make money off of the sales on other platforms as well. It's like it, it, we got to think beyond the 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 very like limited um, view of simply console console war kind of kind of thinking, you know. And it's mm-hmm. just it's not that's not how executives have to think. Now, do I think? They could do more with this. Do I feel like they kind of leaving some people, some some PlayStation gamers, like any PlayStation gamer that feels some kind of way about this? I, I completely understand. Right. So because you're yeah, you're spending more for a game that Sony created, <laughs> it's it's is I, I find it fascinating. It, it's like you're sp- you're spending same exact game. You're spending full price where other people get to ba- essentially rent that same the full experience, not a demo, full experience. Yeah. Mm. No, mm-hmm. and, and so so if we get to their <laughs> their statement that they put out two days ago, because you know everybody, pretty much everybody knew this, but you know there was a lot of people out there that just wanted Sony to come out and address it, and they kind of let it go for four or five days i mean granted it was the weekend uh xbox surely knows how to give bad news to other people on weekends so they can just sit on it (laughs) but um as part of the goal for this year's game mlb decided to bring to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans a playstation representative said in the statement that this decision provides a unique opportunity to further establish the MLB show as a premier brand for baseball video games. And they also just talk about how this was not a situation that was determined by PlayStation. This was determined by the MLB and to just put a bow on that conversation. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Sony dropped the ball on this one. They, Xbox, <laughs> Xbox was, uh, or I should say Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer got, once he saw this game was already coming to Xbox and he saw that MLB was the one marketing, not marketing, but publishing the game without anything to do with Sony. He went to MLB and was like, yo, how much would it be to get this into game pass? And guess what? MLB being the entity that they are, they're not into the whole council war thing. They don't care about they just want to make money. They don't care about any of that stuff. If if Microsoft comes to them with $15 billion and say, or not well, $15 million and say, hey, here's $15, $20 million. If we could put this into our ecosystem of Xbox Game Pass, they probably were like, you know, yo. That's guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And they were like, sure, let's do it. And Phil Spencer probably was walking to the bank, going up to Saudi Nadella as he got the as he got the okay to make the purchase of putting this game in Game Pass. And he probably was laughing at Saudi Nadella as it was happening. 
Peabody was like, yo, I can't believe that we literally have a PlayStation game developed by a PlayStation studio going into an Xbox service. And guess what? Our fans are not only going to get the chance to play it inside their subscription service, like you just said, slow mo. The other, di the the biggest dig of all is the fact that if we are done playing the game, or whenever MLB says we have, you know, the contract says it's inside a Game Pass, you can buy the game at a cheaper price than what the competitor sells it for, brand new on their system. And you can yep. own this game by just being a Game Pass subscriber. I could not, that could not yeah. be written any, that story can't be told any better way, bro. And I think if I can, if I can criticize Jim Ryan for anything, it is not putting some kind of stipulations for this. You Game Pass has already been around. When, they, when this deal with MLB happened, where they said, you got to make the game multiplat. Game Pass is already a thing. If I was Jim Ryan, I'd been like, okay, but we we got some we got some stipulations here. Okay, first right. off, you can never put this game into Game Pass. Like you you add get, getting that done ahead of time and and putting that in writing with MLB would have protected them from this kind of eventuality before it ended up happening, and. I think that's something that he he should have did uh, um, when the before the announcement that it was going multiplayer happened, just to kind of protect themselves from being in the situation where they are developing a game for their competitor and putting and promoting what the competitor's new platform is, which is Game Pass. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, shout out to Stanley Buffington. Listen, man, we need. We're about to jump into Outriders, and I definitely think that everything should be buffed before you start nerfing things. So we're going to get into that in a second. But shout out to you with the $5 holler. Sony is not going to do anything until it affects the bottom line. Disagree with Forte about Sony dropping the ball, though. Listen, you can disagree with me all you want. The fact that Sony had full control of this scenario, full control, until they relinquish control of that part of the game to a publisher in MLB. They could have, like Slomo just said, there should have been safety measures put into place saying, okay, this game can go on to the Xbox platform. Yes, you can publish this game, but our first party studio will not allow this game to go in any type of service on any competing, uh, uh, competing platform. If they would have just said that and had that written into the actual letter of the bylaws for whatever this, this uh, licensing um, agreement was, then this wouldn't have happened. The game would have still ended up on Xbox. We still would have had to pay for it, 70 bucks for the game. PlayStation would still get all the revenue. Um, it wouldn't be no situation where PlayStation gamers feel shafted because they're getting, not only are they not able to play the game at the price that people on Xbox can do, they're not also losing the fact that they're getting it at a higher price than Xbox gamers get. That would be a no, that wouldn't even be a thing. So that's when I say Sony dropped the ball because they had all control of this whole situation until they allowed it not to be in their control anymore. And um, that's the thing that a lot of people got to kind of take away from it. Uh, techno, uh, we got Techno Melon. 
um, with the five dollar holler. Ted is, Chamillion. Oh, what I say? Ted, Ted, no, what I no say? Oh yeah, Melon. Ted Chamillion. Yeah, dude. Listen, man, I was reading. Did you even read his name? Oh, Ted Chamillion. I know you. Wait, wait, hold up. First of all, I don't know how you talking because you still call. I mean, how many times did you call? A a rod, a Rodimus, and a Rodimus, and all the other stuff. What did you do? You clearly did not see this man's name. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Techno Melon. Techno Melon. Yeah, I just I completely took the the chameleon out of it, the the cut out of it. Tech. Okay, shout out to Tech (laughs) Tech Chameleon with the five dollar holler. It's business. It's not about MLD, MLB. It's about the simple fact that they made the comparison MLB, Xbox 15, and $70 for PlayStation. Yeah, you listen, man. 70 15 bucks to 70 bucks. That's still a win-win. Most of the people probably in this party are on a dollar deal, so it doesn't matter. Like me, I'm on a dollar deal for the next two and a half years. Slowmo, you're on a dollar deal probably for the next two and a half years. Shout out to everybody in the chat that's on the dollar deal for the next two and a half well, years. Well, I, I've been on the dollar deal for two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, I've been on the dollar deal for a long time. I'm actually coming off of it in August, and so I'm probably going to definitely wait till it expires. Full- well, I'm I'm going to pay full price. No, no, no. Um, Wait for it to expire. Or... Cancel, well, no, I, I... cancel your thing. Wait for it to expire. When does it expire? August. Let it expire. Go into your dashboard and cancel it so it doesn't auto-renew. Cancel it and then go out and buy three years worth of game pa- uh, Xbox Live and then re-up it again for the cheaper price. As long as they're letting you do that re-up, don't, don't, don't let it auto-renew. Cause then you're locked in, if okay, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I'm just, just, right. just, just, just words from a friend to another friend. You can, you can <laughs> send, you can send me the extra hundred and eighty dollars you were willing to pay for Xbox Game Pass if you want to. Well, I, I, well, I, I wasn't gonna uh, definitely hundred percent willing to pay because, like, I, I, if I definitely was going to stay on for Halo Infinite. And depending on how well Halo Infinite did would depend on how long I was staying in until something else popped in that I definitely had to play. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can uh, I could definitely do, do All that. All right, last super chat um, for this section. Uh, we got Dan Lazaro with the $5 holler. Why do PlayStation guys defend them no matter what? It's like a coat. <laughs> bro, there, there, there's fanboys everywhere, it's co- man. Yeah, there's coats everywhere. There's there's coats on the Xbox side. They're 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 quiet coats on the <laughs> on the Nintendo side. They're like little church it's a mice. A lot of them on the. There's a lot. They're side. like church mice over there. You know, they they congregate in little small places. That that's that's you don't even know they're there. They and got then, no problem playing more for a 10 year old game than it did when it first came out facts. and they ain't make no changes to no it. changes so, hey i'm one of them man i ain't gonna lie sword i'm so, one of them yeah so i can't front uh, i am a i am a true believer of what nintendo does until they don't do it <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so uh first of all thanks to everybody that's um here for the live stream we got 47 people watching right now, 37 likes. Let's get those numbers evened out. I truly appreciate you all stopping by. Um, but yeah, let's go into our next topic, which is um, what my man Randall Thor came in. And you know what? I'm about to actually read his super chat again. So uh, shout out to Randall Thor again with that final super chat. He says, this Outrider class nerf is ridiculous. Fix your game before, you t- before tinkering with the classes. It's a PvE game, not a PvP game. Slow-mo. I'm going to let 
let you take the lead on this because I saw the I saw the patch notes after the fact, so I haven't got a chance to play the game with these with these um balances in place. Mm-hmm. Have you played it? And what do you think about this situation? Well, I don't know if the balance the balances don't go into place until next week. Okay. From, from what I, I read. But um what I th- I agree with Rand. Fix your game before you start nerfing things. And and then and, and, and in regards to nerfing things, why are you nerfing things in a PvE only game? It's unnecessary. It's you don't need to there's no PvP to balance. There's no need to do any of this, really. And I don't like the language that they used in some of the the, the patch notes, uh, uh, this this push for diversity and making uh, um, what they consider to be overpowered skills that created overpowered builds more in line with everything else. Well, there's a reason for that. Like, and I'm not complaining about the AI, but the game is not, it, it, the game can be challenging. And especially so once you complete the campaign and you go into the the uh, the exhibitions, it's definitely challenging at that point. People are going to go create builds that allow them to do the content the best. Now, unfortunately, due to their own uh, own, own technical issues, all of the features that they promoted the game to have crossplay. Uh, the the match uh, the matchmaking co-op don't work well and so the most stable experience right now for outriders is to play it solo people have created builds that allowed them to complete your content solo but now you are making it so that people who are trying to do that have a much harder time where i have a real big issue is you 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 say these builds are completely now in, in the exhibition let me let me let me be clear here the, the exhibitions are 15 missions that are timed content you need to complete it in a certain period of time to get rewards if you complete it quickly those rewards are better than if you complete complete it slower and so if you get a gold a gold uh, medal or a gold a, a gold reward, you're gonna get a lot more really good loot for completing the game within that that specific period of time. They were seeing people soloing to the content with specific bullet uh, uh, bullet uh, enhanced builds that 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 they didn't like. But again, as I said. It's difficult to play the game when there's issues with matchmaking. Mm-hmm. They have acknowledged, even in their patch notes, that the issues that they are having with matchmaking, where people can't find other people, even randoms, to play with, where people can't matchmake with their friends on other platforms. And so it's hard to play the content unless you're only playing it with people that you know on the platform that you currently play it on. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to easily find other people to play the game with. This creates an issue where it's you're playing most of the content solo. And in regards to that time content, they they did two things. They lowered the the 
the time limits. So before, let's say if it was nine minutes, if you were still in that exhibition for longer than nine minutes, then you were you you would go into silver. They've lowered that to like five. So you you lowered it because certain people had builds that allowed them to easily get through it, but not everybody. Right. So you're over here modifying the meta based off of a minimum amount of people doing your content quickly. Not everybody, because the majority of the people haven't even made it to the they exhibitions made it to that yet. Point. So what do you do? Like you, you're modifying it based off of a, a minority doing your content a specific way. And then you nerf their build. So it, it's unnet. You, you should, if you were going to do this realistically, you have to do one or the other. Either lower the time to completion and leave the build alone, or leave the time alone and nerf the build, or not do anything at all and not waste our times with this and fix the game. That the last one is what I would have preferred. But there's that there, and and some of the other nerfs severely hinder the non-overpowered builds as well. Uh, shout out to uh, Smuz246, preach slow-mo, too much meddling in Outriders already. Thank you, sir. I, I will continue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the $5 holler, bro. Um, preach slow-mo. Go ahead. Preach, brother. You got to have the, have the um, offering sheet go around in a minute because you'll be doing so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I say today. Let me let me, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me um, no, but it's just it. This is not how. And and you, you and I both know we. I play so many loot shooters. Right. It's it's one of my favorite genres. I played them all: Warframe, Destiny, Division, Anthem. You know the bad ones: Anthem, Avengers. I played them all: Godfall. It. I played them all. They all make the same silly mistakes that should never be done and yet here we are seeing them do it again and outriders look like to be the one that was just like oh man they they get they doing it right they 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 got a good foundation here this 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 game's fun the loot's good i like what they're doing and then they do this and it's like you you they they nerf they nerfed uh um the stat the stat for, for vulnerable which is a, a part of every class of skill tree they nerfed that which weakens the enemies that come at you they nerfed that on your um on your stats they nerfed the cooldowns for some of the builds they nerfed all the classes specifically targeted nerfs for each class except for Devastator. And why didn't they nerf Devastator? Because the people who, who are Devastators are all, and made it to endgame are already complaining that the Devastator does not scale as well as the other classes. If you're a Devastator and you finally make it into a match-made session, you're getting booted because you're a Devastator and you're not contributing. <laughs> it's crazy. And this is like... The, the the fact that they decided to to do nerfs at this time before you f- you fixed the crossplay I uh, before I pass this over to Forte I, I said this on Twitter I said if you're going to nerf overpowered builds you better damn make sure you better make damn sure 
that the matchmaking and crossplay has been fixed so that people can actually play with other people that can help them complete your content now that they can't do it by themselves anymore. And so now well, that I'm, I, I'm done ranting for today. What, what, what do you guys say about this man? <laughs> about this crap that's going on? Listen, man, <laughs> being a person that's been playing a lot of looter shooters for a while now, um, I'm used to this type of stuff, but the 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 conversation has always been because of the sake of balance like you know i never understood the sake of balance in a game like borderlands or a game like outriders or even a game like diablo you know because technically you're playing against it's a pve game where player mm. versus environment and you're um uh, as you can see, your boy. See, now I'm gonna let you guys know something here. You see this right here? I put this gameplay up for a reason. You see your boy lower his root. Shout out to Lord Attic, who wants to struggle through every part of this freaking game when he plays it by himself. I said, Attic, you're playing at world tier nine by yourself. Lower the difficulty because you probably ain't geared up for it because you've been playing with a lot of other people that's kind of been putting you through the game. Don't be afraid to lower the difficulty, man just to get through the content i'm still playing i'm still under level by one level but i just wanted people to see that because you know your boy ain't afraid to lower the level if he see he feels like he's getting his butt whipped by the characters in the game but um look the fact of the matter is like you're absolutely right in what you were saying about about a good 90 percent of the people playing this game are nowhere near ready for the the um the complete the stuff that they're about to go through when they do get to the expeditions at the end of the game you know because that's technically where the game truly starts at for a lot of people and the fact that we're we're literally nerfing stuff in a game the game hasn't even been out a month yet it ain't been out two weeks it's just i think it just <laughs> hit two weeks and it's we're just hitting one week is it one week when did it come out friday yeah. last week it came out last week. Yeah. I know. I didn't, it, came it came out, out early or did it come out at the end of last out, week? Well, it came out a day early for some people. Some right. People okay. That's who, what it was. Who, okay. So it know, came out on big time content creators, so, but everyone else for the, the rest of the, the free world, it came out April 1st. So right. It's all, it's, 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 it's been one week, officially one week. Yeah. So and they're, and they're already nerfing. They're already nerfing stuff in the game for people. Listen, I'm just telling you that ultimately it comes down to you need to be able to do have diversity in the game you need to be able to say look the bills that i'm playing i'm putting myself to actually do i'm trying to make my character more powerful it's it's the it's it's that carrot on the end of a stick to basically say yo listen if i want to if i want to go out and get this super op build what do I need to do to, in order to do it? Um, as you can see, I'm up here looking like looking at my thing slow. I'm like, okay, am I on level here? Am I over level? <laughs> I got to at least be one level over this character. I can't, I can't be on level with this character. This character's kicking my butt. So I'm like, okay, I'll just let him be one level higher than me. But um, I think the biggest thing comes down to is what are we playing? What are you playing the game for? Or what do you expect your your players to be actually taking from the game? Do you think that they don't want to have an experience that they feel like they're triumphant over. Trust me, 
I know what that feeling is. I know what it's like to go into a raid and flawless the raid and get all of the, you know, beat it with a full fire team of six people. And it feels really good. But that game, that's not for everybody. And most people aren't even geared up to a point to be able to do any of that stuff. So now you're dictating the game based on the mind you know, on the, the minority of people the fringes. Yeah, yeah. that are and, literally and, and, doing and, the stuff in the game that yeah. would make it seem like it's broken. I always tell people don't use um, content creators, reviewers, influencers. Don't you don't use people like that as the barometer for your game, because they're the ones that are going to know life your game to all hell. And they're just going to play it until it's nothing left. Like there were people already doing challenges the day before the game came out. Like you said, some mm -hmm. people had access a day before the game released. And some people don't even realize that, you know what? The world tiers, they don't matter because all it does is just to help you get good gear throughout the base game. Once you beat the game, you're in challenges and challenges is completely different. You don't even have the, the world. It, you know, am I wrong, slow-mo? Is the world tiers even a thing once you hit challenges? I don't even remember. Honestly. I don't even think I've you only, have a world. I, the world well, tiers go away. Been, my goal has been to get all four classes to through the uh, the the campaigns and into the uh, the exhibitions. So that's current where I'm currently at. I got two through. I got one more, uh, uh, two more to do. And so I haven't. I've, I've done only done one um, exhibition per my trickster and my technomancer, which I've completed and. I, I didn't even pay attention to whether the world tiers were, were still active or not. Regardless, it's it's the the, the important thing is that like if, let, let me say this. Two things I want to say. And I said this on Twitter. First thing was this move reminded me and it and it gave a lot of people what they said division PTSD of what the division did that nearly killed that game when it was still in its infancy for division one. And what they did was they introduced the, this, the, these things called gear sets. And the gear sets they introduced were, I mean, they were next level, otherworldly stuff. Right. Oh, wanted to do this real quick. Did you get, did you, we got a couple of super chats. Did you get no, I did, uh, Tech Chameleon again? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Tech Chameleon did it again. I, uh, I got it. Go uh, Tech Chameleon, shout out for the $5 super chat. I agree the game is very glitchy and they need to stay focused on fixing the game and not the build or the weapons. Facts. Uh, shout out the gaming addict, two dollars super chat. Hello, amazing people, and slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> Z hit the like button. Hey, hey, that, that, that's that's funny. Yeah, it, me, amazing me, people always, in slow mo. We we always go back forward. Whenever the ILP, the Iron Lords, I go live them. on Sunday, I always do a super chat and I, and I say, uh, hello, uh, evening gentlemen, or uh, afternoon gentlemen. And addict. And addict. <laughs> it's, it's a little, little fun back and forth we do. Um, shout out to addict, man. How's it going, bro? Um, what I was saying was when it came to the vision, they, they introduced these gear sets. And before that, the game was extremely balanced. People were loving it. It was the at the time the um, most successful launch of a of a new IP for Ubisoft in, in the history of the company. Things were great. Yeah. They introduced these gear sets. Okay, the gear sets are broken. The, the the power ability they were giving people it was wild. Then they had an issue where the uh the the incursion, which is like a mini raid that they yep. had, they had created, the incursion could be could be uh 
a glitch through in like 10 minutes. It was supposed to be content that would take you 45 minutes to an hour to complete. It could be done in 10 minutes. People were getting all the gear sets and it was it was a, just a disaster. They took this disaster and made it infinitely worse with update 1.3. Now, me just even saying update 1.3 for division <laughs> players is right. like it's 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 a nightmare. There's million there's like millions. The beginning of the end. There's, there's a there's a dozen guys right now listening to this screaming because they because they 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 just you know their nightmare has come back. And div- update 1.3 was so bad it killed a game that had a very very strong and at that po- at that time the same amount of players that Destiny had concurrently active every day and dropped it to almost like literally 90% of the player base dropped the game because the issue with that was they geared everything they tuned the game to what the fringe was doing the fringe that was wiping through all the content quickly. And then they also nerfed the gear that was overpowered. So what the, here, here was the end result. The end result is you doing content. You have to have a full team to do the, the content to get the best weapons. And that full team is only using specific skills, specific builds and specific team compositions because there's no literally zero other way to complete the content and if you weren't in tune and 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 going to the division content creators and learning uh all the ins and outs and seeing how to be able to do that stuff you're just casually picking up the game and playing it you get an update one day and you realize man that guy with the hoodie taking five magazines to the right. face and he, and he shot me with a pistol and put I'm you down. dead. And I'm like, this isn't what happens. Where's the balance? Where's the balance? People quit the game. I see that happening with this game. When you start balancing your game, not for fairness, not to actually be versatile, but based off of what content creators are doing with bills that they farm. You what you don't realize is that the people who are watching those videos aren't farming those bills. They may try to do the classes, but mm-hmm. the specific legendary weapon that took that guy eight hours to farm that day, the the, the dad with three kids ain't doing that. <laughs> so he's you don't have to worry about everybody blowing through your content because one dude did a video. That's not how this works. And, and and to to sum this all up, and I've been saying this for years now, and I hope that one day a developer for a a looter shooter understands this. You can't. This it is impossible for you to make your game and design your game in a way where people never quit. It's not possible. All the moves that they're making are centered around trying to slow down the process of people feeling oh i've done everything there is to do in this game i'm going to move on now and play something else and Mm -hmm. that you can't stop people from doing that you can't you can't stop people from putting your game down this is the only control you have developers if it is any developers listening this is the only control you have 
you have control over how people leave, leave your game. If they leave frustrated or if they leave satisfied, because they're going to leave your game because eventually you're going to run out of content and, and game development takes too long and it's too difficult for you to keep up with every player. So it's not possible for you to keep enough content to satisfy everybody indefinitely. So don't try. And they already know that. So what they try to do is they try to slow down you getting through that content, which in, in essence makes the experience suck. Right. And that is not how to go about it. What you should do is let people finish your content. Let them have their power fantasy. Let them enjoy the game. And then if they get tired of doing that, if they don't want to build more builds, if they don't want to do more different things in the game, then you go, all right, well, come on back when we have the expansion. Go play something else. And you know what they'll do? Because they left the game satisfied and content when you come out with your expansion. Oh, man, Outriders was a lot of fun. I got here. They got a whole new expansion, another part of the story. They got more weapons coming. I'm definitely going to get back in there. Because they had a great time when they played and there was no ill will. Mm -hmm. But when you make these kind of changes or someone spends their heart, their time, their very limited free time to build a character, to build a particular gear set, to build their, their, their character the way they wanted to build it. And then you nerf that and then force them to have to build a new build to even get close to the same level of efficiency they had before. Now they're pissed. Mm -hmm. Now that's discontent. Now they're upset. And when they leave your game, the lasting effect is that bad taste in their mouth. So when you come out with new content, they're not going to play your game. They're going to say, screw people can fly because they nerfed my build. And I'm not going to go back to the game to build something else only for them to nerf it again. Mm. Listen, man. All right, let me get these super chats. Techno, com Tech Chameleon with the $5 holler. If this keeps happening, games going to Game Pass, even though Outriders is glitchy, Sony's in trouble, showing love to Gaming Forte and the homie Slow Mo Backslap. Uh, Smugs246 uh, with the $5 holler. No way they have the data to know how to solve a meta after one week. Facts. And less than 5% of the players that are far enough to even abuse the meta. Man, listen, absolute facts. I don't care yes. about this is the I don't care about them abusing a meta, especially no, when no, it's a no, PvE wait, 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 game. What he means? No, no, no. I know, no, I know what he means. They don't. Yeah. He's basically saying they don't have enough data to basically say that the five percent of the people that are up there is going to be the norm for everybody else. Because let's be for real, right. the thing about a meta is. It gives you the blueprint in order to get to where you need to get to, to be as, to at least try to be as powerful as the people that you're seeing playing the game. But ultimately it takes so much hard work to get to that point. Most mm -hmm. people aren't even going to get there. They're going to, they're going to get to a point like, I'm melting everything on the screen. Do I really care if I get to, you know, challenge level 15? I might just be content getting to 10. I might be content getting to nine, 
You know, everybody doesn't have the aspiration of saying, I want to go to the max. I want to, you know, just like in Destiny, everybody doesn't want to do Grandmaster Nightfalls. Mm. You know, they're there for people to do. (laughs) I don't even, listen, I don't even want to do them. I love Destiny, but I refuse to go through the the grinder that they want you to go through to try to do those things because I feel like it's super unfair because you got 15 negative modifiers and not one positive one. You're telling me you couldn't throw me some type of bone and then you want to kick me to orbit if we all die? No, I'm good. That's 45 minutes that I'll keep. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to everything else, this game, I think it hurts even more because the game is, like he said, it's glitchy. And now you're telling me that the build that I probably saw this YouTuber or this content creator make that was really interesting that I kind of want to go after. And then I start building my loadout to go that way. And then all of a sudden, boom, next week, that's completely gone. Or boom, next week, this is completely changed. Or boom, next week, these weapons that I was actually grinding for that I probably had a God roll of at one point I deleted it because I decided to go in a different direction based on where the meta was going. That stuff is gone. Now, granted, some people are going to say, well, you decided to, you know, follow the meta. You decided to want to make these changes, but ultimately but, but, but you should want to aren't doing that. Some people ask, and that's the thing. Some people aren't doing that something that and they're was still similar being, to the meta just based off of their own. And they're still know, being affected through things and, off and of testing it. things out on their own. Yeah, and they're still being affected by it. You know, Mm -hmm. this just because you're not going for the ultimate OP bill doesn't mean that you aren't being affected by some of these changes. Right. You know, and that's the thing that people gotta realize. People are kind of funneled to these kind of builds is that they're the most effective. The bullet builds are the most effective. I don't really like them over um the the other builds i was trying so you to go to the top tree on your builds or you you go yeah yeah i'm top tree for every single uh every single uh character so far because it's the most effective it is the most the effective content, especially when i gotta play solo but the technomancer i tried to go all anomaly I, I had this vision of playing the game and letting my two cry my cryo and my blight turret do all my damage for me like i'm playing the division while i also would have uh um um, sniper rifles from a distance um um, picking enemies off that was my goal Mm -hmm. i got about to about level 19 world tier 8 and i'm getting bodied and my turrets aren't doing enough damage or aggro and not aggroing but doing enough crowd control to keep the enemies off of me because you know long distance so my damage i'm getting heals through long distance um kills and and long distance damage more than more than close distance i'm not getting any of that stuff and so what ends up happening is that i'm getting overran and i'm dying a whole lot i had to say i'm tired of dying let me try to figure out something different and like my trickster and i ended up gravitating towards a bullet a bullet uh um you going around with with a uh, it's with, with blight rounds and um and technomancer but it's called the uh, um twisted rounds and um with the trickster but right. gravitating towards builds that are focused on keeping 
the cooldown low for for your uh your your enhanced rounds and just basically using your guns to do damage still having your your skills because i i still with the trickster i use the time bubble to kind of help myself because the trickster is is very high with high risk high reward which also really sucks for the changes that they made because it it wasn't easy running through that content you see content creators doing that and, and running through everything they're just very good at the game you you are a glass cannon when you do that kind of build yeah you do a lot of damage but let you you know miss miss uh you know get caught up on a, a piece of environment when you dodge roll and or mess up or or run out of ammo it's a wrap you're dead very quickly because you don't have any survivability that that's that's a that's a choice yeah if you're good you, you're going to survive if you're not then you're going to die a lot it is what it is but i had to change my technomancer's build to something similar to that still focused around uh, around sniper rifles but definitely focused on blight rounds and i'm doing the same thing right now with the the pyromancer because the the actual anomaly builds don't do uh anomaly uh skill tree doesn't do enough damage to allow you to get through the content unless you just keep the 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 world tier as low as possible right so it's uh that's on them if you wanted if you didn't like how people were doing the game then you should have buffed those other skill trees right so that they do just as much damage and then you still have your build diversity you still have your versatility but you know this really reveals what it was really about and what it had nothing to do with what they're saying it had to do because if it really was about creating better build diversity not having everyone do the same build then you would have buffed those other builds to match the overpowered build and let people could still have their power fantasy but what it really was about was you didn't want people running straight through your content too fast Mm. or the fear of that and so you nerf those builds to slow that process down, which is evident also in the nerfs they did to the loot drops. The mm. farming areas, people were farming specific missions because it was quicker to get to a boss and kill that boss and then get the potential of getting a legendary. They nerfed those drops. It's all about slowing down the process of you getting the weapons that you wanted to complete the builds that you're trying to build so that you play the game longer. They can't say that though. So that's why they pretty it all up with, oh, we're just doing rebalancing. And yeah, you know, we're just out here just doing our best to make sure that everyone gets to enjoy all of the weapons, you know? Or some of the, some of your weapons are trash. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm not going to use it. So don't don't ruin the good weapons and make them trash like the other weapons and then wonder why people leave your game. So, yeah, yeah, it's just... <laughs> Listen, I, I think overall, the the biggest thing is I don't think they had enough time to make a decision on where the player base is going to go in a game that's not even a week old at this point. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are still theorcrafting on what their bills and stuff are going to be. A lot of people out here are just trying to see what's viable in the game. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, so I agree with what uh, Tech Comedian said, you know, you're basically just, you know, 
not tech community, I'm sorry, with uh, Smuts just said, you know, you're basically gearing, the, you're basically making decisions on what 5% of the community actually is doing at this point right now. What about the other 95% and what about that um, progression to get up into the top 5% of that? Because everybody's not going to make it there. So mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, it's frustrating, but the thing is the game is fun. And I think yes, people wouldn't be as adamant and upset about some of the nerfs that's going on if they weren't having fun. And I don't think this is going to really deter people from playing the game. But if they keep going down this direction, that's where they're going to end up heading with this. And let's be for real. Um, Outriders caught a huge break due to the fact that it was the only game of note that basically came out in the month of April. A lot of people are just trying to find stuff to play and this game is benefiting from it. And it really just comes down, you know, as simple as that. So be, be careful with what you do with the power you have as a developer and as a, um, and as people that should, you know, look on these forums and they're watching what these people are saying, because, there's more people playing this game than people that are making videos on it. And sometimes I think they get caught up in that whole scene about what's going on with the game versus just make the game just fun and enjoyable for the people that are playing it. But, uh, slow -mo, you killed it on that one, man. I mean, I was definitely looking forward to what you had to say about those nerds when I was at work today, because, um, you put a little bit more time into the game than I have. And, and I played it a heck of a lot. So, um, it's good to have your perception, your perspective on that. But um, yeah, no problem. moving forward with our uh, last two topics, um, Kojima Productions. Um, we all know Kojima, you know, Mr. Sony, always out on the stage with Sony, always out there in the forefront talking about Sony games, being, a, you know, saying he won't make games on Xbox. You know, all that stuff that happened over the course of last generation. But... It looks like that might be changing. Now, there's been rumors of Kojima Productions actually making a game exclusive for the Xbox platform, which is interesting to me, to say the least, due to some of the conversations that we heard um, during last generation from Kojima, or not even really from Kojima, because remember the whole... Um, the whole um interview where it was people kept saying that he was misquoted and it was um the transcripts were wrong and everything or what he actually said about the games and about you know mm. the community and xbox so there's been a lot of a lot of people inside the xbox community or just in xbox in general have kind of just been kind of off put by what kojima said about the xbox community and that's why he only makes games on sony but it looks like that could be changing in the um, near future and um somo what what have you seen on this well i mean i haven't seen much it's not much on it there's really, there's really not much on it there's a lot of uh there there is well, it, it started, I think, the the actual, like, somewhat keeping the rumor somewhat legitimate from someone who does have access and has been correct on things is from Jeff Grubb. So Jeff Grubb was the one that said, yeah, there there, there is this talk going on. That's saying it's definitely going to happen, but there, there have been talks. And so I Jeff Grubb has been right more often than he hasn't been so i i would say you know that there, there's probably some some definitely some some something really there you know kind of like when there's smoke there's fire kind of stuff right um i'm gonna say what i said i've always said mm -hmm. when it comes to kojima uh freed of konami is never go full kojima 
So what I mean by that is, what I mean by that is a fully unleashed Kojima without any checks and balances is, is death stranding. Uh, a Kojima with a, a few checks and saying, Hey, let's, let's tone down some of the weirdness here. And let's, let's, let's take out the peeing on plants parts, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> that kind of Kojima is where you get the, the metal gear solid stuff that people loved uh, that he's worked on. And so I, I, I am, um, definitely interested in seeing what he's got to come up with because i think he's been kind of insinuating for a little while now that he wants to do some kind of psychological horror game yes and and i think that is probably what his next project is going to be whether it's a a xbox exclusive or not that is the 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 lane that he's going to be moving into which i mean they, they they don't really have an exclusive like that they they uh although the evil um, um, Tango GameWorks kind of is in that lane a little bit with the evil within, but their next game isn't quite that. That looks like way more action uh, oriented uh, than than what Kojima is trying to go for. So I, I'm all for seeing it. It's not going to be the kind of game that I play anyway, but I'm definitely interested in seeing how it turns out and how off the wall is going to be. And also interested in seeing all the people kind of going back on their narratives that they, that, that they said on both sides of the, of the argument, the people that acted like Kojima was, was a demigod and, and the people who hated everything he did and hated Death Stranding, you know, all of a sudden playing Death Stranding and pretending like they, they care about delivering packages in, in in a rocky country that looks like Kansas. Well, no, I'm sorry, that it's called Kansas, but it ain't Kansas. That kind of nonsense. So we'll see what happens. Um, so. Neil Ed says he says the nerfs um went live today. He said if you check your trickster skill tree, it shows the 15% lost to two nodes already. Oh my god. So he said it looks like some of the the character stuff went live today, but all the, the like, I guess the gear and armor nerfs probably won't go live until next week. Okay. All right. So like, if, if that's the case, then that will explain why uh, uh, a says that uh, another, uh, another content creator said that he didn't see much of a difference. Well, if not everything that they're doing is live yet uh, with like the, the weapon balancing and stuff like that, then, then, okay, that makes sense then. But, yeah, I haven't touched my trickster today. Uh, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah. My my technomancer wasn't um my my actually my build for my trickster is a complete either. It's it's there. It's mostly there. I, I was definitely running through content. Not all fifteen e- exhibitions. I only did like two exhibitions on that one so far, and one on the technomancer. My technomancer is still a work in progress, but. Yeah. Um, oh, something I do yeah, want to we'll, ask. We'll, the, see. well, yeah, something I do want to ask the chat. Um, could I ask Slomo this? Year? He's doing all four characters. I'm still undecided on that situation. When it comes to um, Outriders, put a one through a four in chat if you plan on doing one, two, three, or four characters. And if you're doing only one character, which character is the class that you're going to go with? Um, they just want to get an idea of what everybody's breakdown of what their favorite classes are, if they're thinking about doing all four of them. Um, but outside of that, with the whole Kojima thing, I can't say it, like I said on Brap yesterday, I really can't say it no better than what you said, because it's kind of, part of me feels like 
the balance between him and Xbox, knowing that Xbox is really hands off, especially with their developers. Um, if Kojima was to make a game for Xbox, we would get literally the unfiltered version mm-hmm. because Xbox is going to let mm-hmm. literally let him make the game that he wants to make. Right. And um, not saying that would be a terrible thing, but based on just <clears> how <throat> I, I'm saying, okay, well, Slobo saying thing. it's going to be a cra- it's going to be terrible. <laughs> so he should not be, they, they literally need to put the reins on them. Listen, like, listen, we, we don't want babies coming out of people's heads and stuff. We don't want nothing like that. We don't need that stuff on our platform, but I do I mean, think I, I, I would love to see the Sony executive's face when he when he showed them a baby coming out of someone's mouth and giving them a thumbs up. Like <laughs> pretty much. What, pretty what, much. What's happening here? I I I, I thought you were giving us a, a a Metal Gear clone, but this is okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me. It just really just comes back to, you know, he's very talented. He. Has it may be crazy. It may be completely mm-hmm. off left field. It it might bounce off the wall and hit on top of the wall for a home run, you know, depending on the um depending on the source material. Cause I never had a problem with his um the way that he thinks about and wants to go about developing the game. It's just that all the extra stuff that he puts in the game that just makes you feel like, is this all truly necessary? I mean, are you doing this just because, I mean, granted you're doing this because you can do it, but ultimately it just comes down to, you know, Kojima is one of those people that when he decides to put his mind to something that he wants, he's going to, he, he continues to keep going in that direction until he finally gets somebody that wants to a let him make the game that he wants to make hint why he made his own uh, production studio and got away from Konami or B um, get somebody to make the game for him that he doesn't have any risk involved in. And that's kind of what Sony did with death stranding. So I really don't know how I truly feel about it, but I do think that this will be a good move for Xbox just to get him into the ecosystem for the most part, just because let's see, Sony is kind of, I'm not going to say they abandoned, you know, the homeland in Japan and stuff. And I know this would be a move basically just as kind of center around a lot of people actually being more, you know, thinking that Xbox is more appealing to people in the native land of Japan. Uh, but I also think Kojima hasn't really been completely just down for making the Japan only type games or stuff like that for quite some time. I think, you know, Metal Gear was never like that. It was more, even knowing a lot of people did play that from different um, walks of life, it still was a game that kind of felt like it was more built for an American audience or a European audience or something like that where Death Stranding was like weird enough where I was like, I, I don't know why anybody played that game. People did, people enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. as much as I kept saying, I'm not playing this game, I'm definitely not gonna play it because I just don't believe that I should watch somebody carry packages. You know, I, I, I can't even get my FedEx driver sometimes to pick up my packages at my store in a timely manner. So now you want me to go deliver the packages. I just don't, I don't get that part of it, but Overall, I think it's a good move just because they need something to show that Xbox is more than just the games that we've been getting throughout the generations of old. And I think that's going to happen with games like Bethesda, with those publishers, that publisher bringing out a bunch more games. Um, 
Xbox is doing a lot of moves around Game Pass when it comes to, you know, Outriders. We got, you know, shout out to them for getting games like um, Octopath Traveler. You know, I played that game on Nintendo Switch and that game is not even available on PlayStation, which blows my mind. So they've been doing a lot of things that are very beneficial to what the Xbox gamers um, actually want to play on their systems. And they should just keep doing that. And if they can get Kojima to make a game that's going to be tailor-made to what the Xbox community wants and they get it in Game Pass, can you imagine what that would actually do? Do you do you imagine a, a Kojima game in Game Pass, day and date, not available on any other platform? What do you think would the message be in the community, Slomo? Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess I, I I saw something in chat that kind oh, of threw me off. So, uh, 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 DMX. Whoa! No! No! Uh, Don't it, say I that. I, I was somewhat prepared for that. Just because I was too. But come on, no way, yeah, bro. That 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 sucks. Uh, rest in peace, uh, DMX. Great performer. Uh, really enjoyed his music really enjoyed his passion and 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 definitely want the kind of person that when he spoke and the things he said you knew he was being real with everything that he did and everything that he he felt about the music industry and life in general so uh that that really sucks uh rest uh, in peace to that man yeah rest, um shout out wait base radio podcast with the five dollar super chat thanks for it um, Death Stranding was really good. Just finished Outriding. It's a fun ride. Enjoyed the last boss battle. Um, scratch that sci-fi itch. Eight out of ten. Yeah, that's yo, that's that's really good. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? We that literally what Slobo just saw kind of hit me really hard because um I'm a huge fan of DMX, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean look, let, let's wow. I, I, you know, we've been so off topic. Yeah. Have the show anyway. Look, favorite DMX album. Oh man, Whew. for me, it's Dark and Hell is High. That's what I was gonna say. Dark as Hell is High. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That entire album, you can just put it on and just like not a bad song. And not a bad song on that one. Wow. Okay. I was I was kind of prepared for this. I just didn't expect it to happen today. Yeah. Um, they said he had no brain activity. Had, well, he had like, he technically yeah. had no brain activity yesterday too. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was it was only a matter of time um until that kind of happened. It's just didn't expect it to happen while we were on on the show, yeah. or in general. I mean, listen, man, two thousand two thousand twenty was rough. In a uh, lot Enrique Enrique says two thousand super chat guys. No one was reporting his passing. Uh, uh, Enrique, go on Twitter. It, it's it's all over Twitter right it's, now. Yeah, I see. I, if you if you just Google it, it it came up. A couple people are promoting it. I mean, of course, we're gonna wait until, you know, the main. I guess we'll wait to the mainstream media. But, I mean, with that being out there, you know, everybody you know, that's been paying attention to the situation is kind of aware of it. And yeah. even if it hasn't happened yet, it, uh, it it hasn't been looking good for quite some time over the last two to three days. Mm -hmm. um, all we can mm -hmm. do is hope if he has it to pull through, but it's just looking, you know, bleaker and bleaker when it comes to the situation. And, you know, like I was saying, 2020 just took a lot of great, amazing people away from 
you know, this world. And I try to tell people, you know, of course they're going to, well, we, who knows if we'll ever find out what the true root of the cause was and what caused it in the first place. Um, but it, this year isn't too much better, you know, especially for me personally, I lost my dad this year and, you know, a lot of other people lost family members and not even due all to COVID just, just due to life and the way things are happening in life. And, um, the one thing I will always tell people is you should always be the king of yourself before you're the king of anything else. You should, you should treat yourself with the best of care that you can always treat yourself. You should always treat the people around you with the, with the best of intentions. You should always thank the Lord for every day that you wake up on this earth because you know, in a matter of seconds, everything can change and you never know the people that you, you know, you say you love every day, the people that, you know, bent their, you know, bent over their whole lives to actually help you achieve what you achieved or you help achieve what they achieved. You never know when you get a chance to actually tell them how much they mean to you and how much, um, they impacted your life. So if this tells you anything, you know, 50 years old, 50 years young, I mean, I'm only shoot eight, eight. Well, in May, I'll be eight years away from that number, you know? So that's, that's super close to me. So I just look at it like, man, we just, we got to do better. We got to do better with making sure that we don't give people, you know, give people their flowers while they're here, you know, make sure that we're being very attentive to the people that mean the most to us and, contribute to our daily struggles and daily lives because sometimes I think we don't do that enough, but if he has passed away, rest in peace. You well, know, it, it, that, uh, cat daddy lurk, shout out to him. He's saying in the chat that the news is reporting it now. So, so, it's, uh, so it's official then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, officially, you know, it sucks. Rest in peace. Dia. I mean, like I always tell people you're not struggling anymore. You, you know, you're in a better place because anything is better than being here. We just wish that you were here with us longer. But uh, for everybody else, just give people their flowers while they're here, man. Just make sure you family members, cousins, aunties, favorite teachers, people you play football and basketball with on the team. If they mean something to you now, make sure they know how much they mean to you. And um, what do you think about all this? Sloma? What are you how are you feeling right now? Uh, you know, I, I think it, it I don't, I don't want to be, I, I, I like to celebrate the, the accomplish, accomplishments that people have when they pass and, and, and shout out and, and think about like the, the best things that I enjoyed from the impact they made in, in, in their lives. And I think DMX as an artist was, uh, awesome. The energy he brought, he was one of the better rappers from the uh the 90s um definitely someone that that was all over my car when when i was driving like yep. like windows down <laughs> blasting um blasting his music uh cat daddy also, also says uh um 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 uh, hell is hot is uh his yeah. favorite as well uh he said I he mean, made just, me wanna he made me wanna be from new york when i was growing up he made me want to go out and buy a four wheeler when I was growing up. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. wanted to go buy a four wheeler after um after the anthem, man. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. It's uh, I, I, I think uh, you know, he's he's going to be missed by a lot of people. I, 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 I think my fate, one of my favorite verses, uh, um, competitions that they've been doing recently was him and Snoop Dogg. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was it was awesome watching um the t- two of those guys just kick back, have fun, and enjoy the accomplishments that they they had with the the mute all the the awesome music that they've made over the years and you could definitely see even though he was older and definitely ailing with uh um his health that he still had that energy man like he he still had that uh that 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 dog in him you know so uh you know shout shout out to him rest in peace bro um but we can uh let's i guess we can get back to uh get back to the yeah, show we'll get back we we got we'll finish out um you got anything else you want to add on kojima and the situation going on with them in xbox no just uh you know it, it, i guess we'll we we'll cross that bridge until... when we finally get there right right but this is this is uh it wouldn't surprise me at all um even though kojima productions has said that uh putting the game on on pc really allowed them to crush any of their goals when it came to revenue earning revenue and stuff like that so they're not hurting for the money yet at the same time if if uh microsoft wants to fund your next project and they're going to give you the creative freedom to make whatever you want why why would you turn them down you yes. know like I, I i i i think a lot of people get caught up in well the game's not going to be on all play-. like Developers yeah. really don't care about that. They, they care really. about getting their game out there and people enjoying the, the 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 content that they're trying to put out there. They don't really care where you get it, so it's it's not going to really matter to him just as long as he doesn't have a publisher telling him what he can and cannot do with his vision. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And like I said, only time's gonna tell. <laughs> you know, uh, imagine I, I, seeing slow mo. I, I, I got, yeah. Go, yeah imagine arriving, saying, imagine seeing slow mo blasting DMX fall by some big hair '80s music. That was definitely me. That was slow mo, <laughs> man. That was all of us, man. Oh, all man. of us. Say, my 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 music taste is very diverse. Man. That was back yeah. in those DMX Twister days and stuff like that. Jesus, just dated ourselves hardcore. Rest in peace, DMX, man. You're going to be missed. And, you know, I know a lot of people out here are going to miss you too, man. Um, Going into the final topic, Xbox and Nintendo have a showcase and they're officially going to E3 2021. Uh, Hey, hey, uh, Enrique just sent me a DM from um, Philip Lewis. Uh huh. Um, um, senior front page editor from Huffington Post who said that uh, someone had posted um, that he had passed and then deleted it. Now, and then it says updated eight minutes ago. Um, when your spirit leaves and your organs, fa- organs fail you, the body becomes just a shell. One becomes wrapped in the Lord's arms. That's what I call God. I'm sorry to all. I don't know what's going on. I guess we're going to have to wait for further confirmation yet. So it's uh, either way, I think the, uh, the, the side topic of discussing um, uh, the, the, the cool stuff that DMX has done in, in his history, it was, was well worth it any, in any way. So it's all good. We can um we can just wait for further confirmation. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I think every last one of us hope that the man pulls through. 
that's exactly. that's all we really truly want but mm-hmm. you know um you know social media is always going to jump the fray when it comes to like anything remotely close to something like this happening because let's be for real everybody just wants to make it seem everybody wants to be the first person to say you know rest in peace blah blah, blah and all that other stuff and most of these people out here it's just mostly for the clicks and stuff like that. They just want to get articles out on the stuff. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of how this stuff kind of works. But um, ultimately, everybody here at DPS, me, slow-mo, I know every last one of you guys in the chat, we truly hope that this is a situation that was just misreported and he's actually still with us. But, you know, it still doesn't change the fact that make sure you guys are putting the people around you you know, close to heart, because even if this is something that could be something different, who knows what's going to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. But right, um, right. moving moving forward on that, um, like I said, oh, there's another know, rumor that we can talk. about. Oh, what's another? Um, um, before, okay. before we get to the last before topic. we get to the OK, what's the other rumor? We're already off topic for half the show. Night. Exactly. Let's go. This is the off topic, the show. off topic show. Let's go. Um. Um, there's another rumor that uh, the one of the Epic Games, so you know, uh, it was reported sometime last year that Epic Games and Remedy entered into a, a, a publishing agreement where mm-hmm. Epic would publish three of Remedy's games. Yes. Which is awesome because, you know, I, I, Remedy makes quality games and three games, which means pretty much means that uh, Remedy is locked up for at least the next decade and they're going to have funding for their projects. We're going to have Remedy games for another decade. So that's, that's something to celebrate. Um, but apparently there's a rumor that one of those games is going to be a console exclusive on PlayStation. Okay. And, and so although there is no word of which one of those games it is, it's heavily suggested that they are going to do a, uh, a remake or remaster of Alan Wake as well as potentially an Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably never going to get another Quantum Break. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else is... Uh, I don't think we're ever going to get another Quantum Break. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone else is disappointed in that. I or the am, question I is, if we do get I a Quantum Break, it's not going to be made by um, Remedy. Right. Doesn't Xbox I don't, I don't own Quantum it, Break as a name? Uh, no, they gave it back. Oh, they, get, they oh, gave yeah, it we're definitely not going to get it then. Um, they yeah they 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 gave it back when they allowed the uh their publishing um to uh for Alan Wake to expire mm. and so everything went back to Remedy so Remedy can make a Quantum Break if they wanted to I don't think they do though but we'll see regardless I I enjoyed that game um and but it looks like I think they're going to do an Alan Wake too so uh hey, no just something uh something to think about. Um, did you, uh, did you like Alan Wake? I love the first, I, I, I actually loved America's, uh, American Nightmare more than the original Alan Wake for some re- from weird reason. I don't know why. Um, uh, I did like it. I just liked the eeriness of it. Like it had really, mm-hmm. the one thing about Remedy games, they have really good atmosphere. Like, especially the Alan Wake games, they like, they were able to tell a story even just through the um environments that you were in and uh, i always thought that was a really sam lake exactly i always thought that was one of their um crowning achievements because a lot of developers and publishers i mean a lot of developers can't do that as well 
So I think uh, in general, this is uh, something that I am looking forward to. I, I don't think Xbox is going to ever be the focal point when it comes to what they're actually doing as a, a developer, which is kind of a shame because they had many and multiple opportunities to tie up the relationship with them long term. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Some some things happen in development that they didn't like to, in order to, like, kind of fall back from what Xbox was doing and kind yeah, of... And, and, and let's let's kind of get into that for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, let's get... That you TV get to... show thing, like... That TV show... That th- was clearly a publishing-directed yes. thing. Yes, it was. That, and it, it was. didn't work out. It didn't... It, it was a weird It wasn't an out of way. It wasn't something they wanted to do. I... <laughs> yeah. And then the game doesn't work out, and it's like, I I, I hate seeing stuff like that. Like I try to, I try to not. Potential, yeah, I try. But it, 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 yeah, they don't give it another shot. Well, that's what I say. I try not to kill Xbox for that because part of because you don't really truly know. But the whole direction of Xbox back then was that whole. Can you imagine like the whole TV situation, and then they had the game wove into it. Now, granted, I, I felt like it worked well, I, especially they you, were all about TV, TV, TV back then. They, so were, they were, they were super all about TV, TV, TV back then. Yes. They were really pushing that. And then they, and they, they, they had the, actually the, the lead actress, um, uh, for and mocap for control is the same actress that plays, uh, the, the, one of the roles in that, um, and, and, quantum break and actually thought her story was more fascinating than the main character's story with her getting stuck out of time and, and everything that we, she went through if you read all the journal and diary entries and stuff of hers that you find as well as pay attention to the, the tv show aspect that like it would be like like 25 minutes an episode or something like that it was a lot but if you pay attention to all that stuff like she had a really really fascinating story it's just unfortunate that like things didn't work out, and I mean we're, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Right, we don't know. You you know what Remedy is capable of doing. You yes. know about the quality they have with Alan with Alan Wake. How about you just let them give them another shot at a Quantum Break too, and and don't and now that you have a bigger focus on creative freedom, do so with uh, you know actually giving them that instead of try and direct them into doing something that kind of fits a narrative that you guys had going at the launch of the of the gen but i guess we it, it's too late for that so it, it is what it is yeah so I, it, man man you just just made me think about how xbox has had so many great games throughout the generations that they either had an opportunity to lock up like Mass Effect before Bioware went to um went to EA. You know, games like Rise that were under you Crytek and games that they just have kind of abandoned, you know, over over time and stuff. And who knows if they're ever gonna revisit them. I mean, I can pretty much with probably not a hundred percent certainty, but you know, very good idea that they probably will never make another rise they'll probably never make another yeah. quantum break um rise still look good today right no that's what i'm trying to tell people man. rise looks like a brand new game today 
because it was it was like it was like that the showpiece. It was the dope. showpiece game for Xbox when it launched. Showpiece. Mm. It was literally showpiece. But you know, it is what it is when it comes to that. But um, I'm moving on to the. But, you know, it, it, but it's, it's it's funny because it's not like it, it's something that ends up happening in all games. It well, in all publishers because I, I also really wanted a. And and now I know that's probably never going to happen. But a sequel to the Order uh, eighteen eighty six, I really wanted Ooh. that. I, that you game, think we we'll actually a, get another one? game that looks great even today? No, no, it's never going to happen because Ready at Dawn is now owned by Facebook. Oh, that's owned by Facebook. That's right. But does yeah, it? They, but does after, it technically they, after the Order eighteen eighty six didn't like do well? But doesn't the Order uh, eighteen? They're own. They own that IP though, don't they? Uh, I think Sony owns it. Yes, I'm saying Sony owns it. So there's yeah. an option. So the, at least there's a chance. I, I don't want to. I don't want another developer. You don't want another it. developer to it, make it. This yeah, is, I hate I, this. Is, I hate seeing someone else's vision get co-opted by a different developer that doesn't know, like, have all the information that you know didn't make it into the game that could eventually end up, you know, coming into a sequel that ties into everything that may have been involved with the story and other features. It's like, there's, there's a lot of missing context there when you just have another Mr. Boss said that game is trash. You know what? Uh, <laughs> his name is Mr. Xbox. Yeah. So like, well, why why should I be shocked? <laughs> but shout out to him. Look, it, 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 people... People are free to not like the game. I enjoyed it with, with yeah. all his all his flaws. I still enjoyed enjoyed the campaign. Um, it's I wish it was a little bit longer, but uh, it, it's an amazing looking game even today. And I thought the world was uh, was very well done, and I wanted to see more from it. Uh, yeah, Order eighty eighty six was a very graphically looking game. Yeah, it was just a very generic cover shooter. Like the, the gameplay wasn't that great. It was too short and um, I didn't like the the QTE events in the boss fights. I was just like, why did you just introduce QTE now? I, right. I, I, all places, but um, it, good game. I, I, it, it was it was a good game to me. You know, a Metacritic score aside, and and I don't think anybody with a name like Mister Xbox should be, you know, complaining about games being trash when that game's Metacritic score is 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 very reminiscent of a lot of Metacritic scores for a lot of Xbox first party games. So look, that's just not throw stones when we live in glass houses sir mm. sir <laughs> um but uh no I, <laughs> yep like that... i said trash <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's unfortunate because after that ready at dawn didn't seem to really get any more uh i don't know what, what happened with them and sony but it, it they went on to just do vr games that's some pretty from i've never played them because i never I've, I've never been into vr but um, there is the I forgot the name of the the series, the Echo series or something like that, uh-huh. where they've been doing these VR games for uh, o- Oculus, and um, that's that's pretty much called, is the reason why Facebook went ahead and locked them up. So they're probably all going to be doing nothing but VR games going forward, but not like your kind of almost like demo level VR games, but stuff that's a little bit more substantial, a little bit more. Uh, close to triple a quality but in vr so i mean you know i'll do them for that but it pretty much means it's probably never going to be a a sequel to the order yeah but yeah. probably not 
but we can always hope. You never know. You can always hope. Um, finally, because Slomo um, ran out of all the extra topics that we did that we did talk about in the pre-show. That get, since we I, were I, so I off topic. One. You oh, want, you got you another want, one? Another off? No, I, I, don't. I, I don't. You sure you got another one? I, I, mean, I, I, I got, I got speak, no more off Speak topic, now so. or forever hold your peace. I, I'm good. I'm you good? good? I'm you good. sure? I, I'm, I'm positive. We'll give you one more chance. I, I, I can't think of anything else. Can't think of anything else? Nope. Let, let's 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 do this last stuff until until <laughs> until tomorrow or tonight oh you're gonna Why? be like 11 30 it's 11 30 yo. yo bro okay. let's go all um right, all right xbox <laughs> and nintendo showcased at e3 2021 so we all know e3 is going to be a digital event this year um and it looks like xbox and um nintendo are going to um actually showcase some stuff there um what do you think about this slow-mo? I mean, I'm going to tell you what I think about, but I'm really interested to know what you think about them showing up. What do you, first of all, what do you think we're actually going to get at an E3 digital event? Whatever we were going to get if E3 wasn't going to be around. It's, it's basically what we were going to get from these two, these two publishers if E3 didn't exist. Right. Except they're just going to do it around quote unquote E3 time because, you know, it's the ESA. And many of the people involved with these publishers are on the board for the ESA. The ESA, if you don't know, is the the or nonprofit organization that runs E3, yep. as well as does a lot of lobbying for the, the video game industry when it, it comes to the United States government and trying to, you know, it was create to kind of, to kind of educate, con, you know, old congressmen who don't know anything about video games. And, and, and to about what video games are really about and to not, you know, use it as a scapegoat to get uh, votes during election time and, and saying things like video games is, is the cause of school shootings and stupid stuff like that. Um, but it has kind of morphed into basically being actually uh, more of a, of a, a defender for, for loot boxes and microtransactions, which is like not what we, we really want. And then also uh, poorly running E3 and as well as uh, exposing game media's uh, uh, personal information through websites. So yeah, yeah, that's the ESA now. Anyway, <laughs> this is, it's all digital event. I know there was some talk that they were going to charge people, but I don't, and I ain't never seen anything official saying that they were going to charge people to see it. That that, that would be silly, but I think it, it's not going to be very much different than what we were going to get anyway. If you remember last year, even though we didn't get things right around, like exactly at the same week, like we did before, we did get similar stuff close to it. So I think the one benefit this may be is that we may, we may get a little bit more of that feeling that we used to have with E3, where all the conferences were around the same time. And so you got all the information and all the big reveals and everything all at once instead of spread out the way they did last year. I also kind of feel like what happened last year was more uh, along the lines of these de developers, these companies still reeling and trying to get adjusted to life with in a pandemic and so that's the reason why stuff was so spread out the way it was and not more organized and more concise the summer of, summer of games the jeff Keighley's event that thing I, I i couldn't stand it because it was just like it's way too spread out 
and none of the information that he was providing on those days when he would drop something was worth the hype that that of having it be the only thing that you're going to talk about that day and having that feeling of conferences all these conferences coming back for one week and getting all this information in a few days uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that all that said e3 still is still on its deathbed I've said this years ago, if you remember Forte, back on BRAP, like back in like, I think it was like 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. when we were talking about this, I said that the E3 was an archaic idea, that you would wait until E3 to to show all this stuff. It's putting pressure on your developers to get something that isn't really fully going to end up being in a game, but some kind of trailer or vertical slice that doesn't get fully represent what your game is going to be about wasting resources to get that ready for E3 instead of actually taking your time and allowing your developers to have it ready when it's ready. I, I've always said that, like, I like the way Nintendo does things where Nintendo will just do a direct when they got something to show you, when they got something to show you is when you get you, when, when is when you get the content instead of, Oh, look, man, we got, you know, like, like, hurry up, hurry up so we can get this this trailer or this teaser trailer or whatever mm -hmm. ready for E3. No, show me the game when it's ready. If that's November, if that's August, if that's February, so be it. So I, I like the approach where, even though we're seeing it now, with Microsoft doing idea Xbox randomly in a March. I like that more than let's just hold everything until June. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's just waiting until June. And then you get two months before the event, you start getting leaks yeah. and then the fake leaks. I'm so sick of that. I just want you like, just show me you, you for example, my Xbox got 23 studios. You got enough studios that to, to not have and one to have them all have something available for E3. It's going to take almost all day. So instead of doing that, you know, kind of spread things out. And it, it gives us something to look forward to all throughout the year versus just strictly at one point. And I think that that be now that people have gotten used to life in the pandemic and getting and things getting better, that they can be better organized with that in the future. But I don't know, man. What, what, what do you think, man? Uh, well, you're right about one thing. E3 has been on their deathbed for quite some time. Um it really just it, it started when Sony decided that it wasn't important enough for them to actually have a showcase there, and they pulled out three years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, even if there would have been an E3 last year, Sony wasn't going to be there then. Nintendo pulled out an E3. It feels like it feels like ten years ago, even though it's probably mm -hmm. only been five. You know they now they still had a presence. That's the one thing I will say. They still had presence there. They still had booths there. They still had displays and demos there. Um, PlayStation and Nintendo still had that. Even Xbox, um, Xbox didn't even have a presence on the E3 floor. They had over across the street at the Microsoft's um, uh, Microsoft. Um, theater that's where they held all their press conferences and stuff they held it yeah. during e3 but it wasn't technically a part of e3 like inside the facilities i know i know they did have a booth inside the uh convention center on the floor and everything so this has kind of been the um a long time coming i think are the, you shocked that e, uh, ea and uh sony are not taking part once again 
Uh, I'm not shocked about Sony. Honestly, I'm not shocked about EA either because EA's presentation never took place on E3's floor. Yeah, theirs was always theirs was all they called it EA Play. Yeah, EA Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always it took place in Hollywood every year. Yeah, but uh, um, that that's what they called it. It, it, They always do it on a Saturday. Yeah, the the weekend, the weekend leading into E3. It very like, yeah, it's the full day thing. I it's all right. I, I never really cared too much for, it, especially considering EA's always events have always been pretty bad. Um, but uh. Yeah, I I'm not surprised because I remember reading that report from I think Variety on the ESA, and they were talking about how um, before the last E3 that existed, Sony and EA were really not cool with the the the, the approach and the uh, that that the ESA was going with the whole celebrity route and trying to get more celebrities in and making it a big spectacle and they 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 wanted to focus more on the actual video games so surprisingly ea would had that kind of mindset i was kind of shocked by that but i'm not surprised that sony also had that mindset too and it's uh i think um i think if if you if the rest of the the publishers that are involved with the esa were being honest they probably agree with uh with ea and sony about that at this point and seeing how essentially you could just run your own event and not have to, you know, do everything with the ESA and still be able to reach your audience at the time that you're ready to do it. It, it, I think that's just a better approach, but my bad, go ahead, man. No, no, you're good. I just, yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And the only thing that I really kind of take from this that I'm kind of happy about is the fact that we, we don't have to, we're still going to probably get a lot of information spread out across the rest of the year. Like we did last year. But the one thing I did miss about E3 last year was the fact that a good 70 or 80% of the stuff that we found out in September and October and late August stuff that we would have found out at E3. We would have found out during the week of E3. We would have mm. found out about some of the blockbuster games. We would have found the price, out the, the price of the consoles. We would have found out the prices of the consoles back at E3 if that was the case. So that's mm. something that I am happy to um, to actually see. As a gamer, I'm happy to see that. Now, as a content creator, last year was actually pretty cool because they were pretty much consistently coming out with stuff to talk about. So it made mm-hmm. the build up to the systems coming out. Um, interesting for a content creator. You always had something to talk about. Uh, but for a gamer, for a person that can, don't care anything about content creation or anything like that, for somebody who just wants to know when the games are coming, what am I going to play? Uh, what exclusives is going to be on this platform versus what's going to be on that platform? And what's the um, thought process of the next generation going to be? I think gamers are most people are going to enjoy this level of content than what they got last year. So it might end up being a better year for those type of people. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, it's just, it's just inevitable when it comes to what's going to happen between um, the ESA and what's going to happen with E3, because what's going to stop these, um, these billion dollar corporations to decide like, why are we, why are we putting ourselves on your timetable? Right. 
that's the and that's going to be ultimately thing i think at a certain point like you said a lot of these um a lot of these uh ceos and vps like phil spencer and them they're on the board of the esa so Mm -hmm. it gives them it's like kind of a reason for them to actually play along with it but at a certain point if 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 sony can literally just turn their back and say we can we can do a stream the week of E3 and dominate and get 3 million views or 300,000 people watching our stream on the day that it comes out. You mm-hmm. know, it, it used to be that E3 was the reason that people did that because they didn't have that type of reach. Now with the, you know, with streaming and and um uh, social media being a huge uh, component of it, these publishers and companies, they don't need E3. So as much as I like the structure and how E3 gets the information out there um, in a timely manner, I should say, that's kind of the only benefit that you get out of E3 being a part of the showcase. But it does feel good to at least know that there will be some type of E3 celebration this year because I do miss the the kind of, you know, allure of what it would be. But the difference is who really knows what E3 is going to be this year? Is it going to be a slightly better version of what Jeff Keighley did with summer game fest, because even parts of that was like what interviews with developers looking on the mm-hmm. screen, talking for 45 minutes at a time. And we all know as gamers, how much that drives us crazy. So I, I hope it doesn't devolve into something like that, but ultimately it was, it's a wait and see approach. I'm just, I'm, I'm cautious. I'm cautiously, um, um, What's the word, slow-mo? Optimistic. Optimistic, yeah. Uh, I'm constantly optimistic about the situation, and um, I'm going to hope for the best, but who knows how it's actually going to turn out. I just I just want Xbox to start talking about what these um, 23 studios are going to be making. We know what some of them are making, um, but we don't know what's the timetable on this Bethesda stuff. We, we don't know what Sony has planned for the holiday this year. We know Ratchet, as of right now, Ratchet and Clank is the only game that is slated at the latest for this year, which is, what is it, July? So uh, what's like, after yeah, that? Yeah, but I mean, uh, Hor- I mean, they say Horizon Zero Horizon- Dawn's coming out this year. Huh? They say Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out this year. Yeah. I, they also say that about God of War. Well, God of War is definitely not coming out this year. No, that ain't, that ain't coming out. This that year. was a that was a we have a big stick and we're going to use it type announcement right there. When they said that they said 2021, I was like, huh? yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that definitely wasn't going to happen. But um, slow mo. Um, you got anything else you want to add to the show today? Any any late breaking news? Any any slow mo speaks? This is a slow mo speak segment. We're gonna we're gonna. I already named it, so this is your slow-mo segment. Speaks? Slow mo speaks. I, I, I mean, like I, I wish this was something we had discussed ahead of time, so I would have something for the slow mo speaks. Slow mo speaks, because Not- you know slow mo knows how to you know put his uh, thoughts out there way better than most people that i know and i feel like we should celebrate slow-mo by having a segment of the show that um is all about slow-mo because slow-mo is amazing well, well, well thank you it was like I, so, I, it, I, yeah. i'll have something next week all right nothing, nothing for slow-mo <laughs> i think speaks. i've done enough off topic i'm gonna make a know, graphic for it and everything cause make a i'm gonna make a transition that says slow-mo speaks and everything <laughs> <laughs> like I just made Slobo's head just bigger than it actually is. <laughs> hey, 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 you know. 
I am. I think I'm, I'm somewhat humble. I, I, I don't think anyone actually agrees with me, but, <laughs> but no, no. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we can definitely. We uh, can get up out of here. But hey, yeah. as always, guys, truly appreciate you guys rocking out for two hours, 49 minutes today. And we actually started on time today, too. So it wasn't like we went over just to give you guys the full two hours. Yeah, um, I have no idea what, 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 what we were doing today. This is the off topic. Yeah, I might uh, just episode. I might name this the off topic podcast. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. But, that, you know, the cool thing about that, though, Slomo, even when you could there was really no like, oh, my God, moments. I mean, that happened last week and last week would have been all about MLB if we actually happened on the day of our show. Mm-hmm. So last week was where the bombshell had up. This week was just a bunch of whole hum stuff, but the fact that we could just have a conversation amongst each other and with you guys in the chat, that's all that truly matters to us. And um, shout out to everybody that came through. Shout out to Rand. Shout out to uh, Aradimus. Shout out to Delilah HD. I saw you in the chat too. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, Delilah was in here for a second too. Chat. Yeah, shout out to her. Shout out to um, Brap and Deke and Cat Daddy Lurk and uh, Yes Bays and, you know, Ash and Luca for coming through earlier. Basement Radio, RK Podcast, Neil S. um, Tech Chameleon, because I am going to forever remember to say your name correctly. Uh, Double M and um, so (laughs) everybody that showed up, man, you guys are truly, truly amazing. And I truly appreciate all the love and support that you give us on our multiple different channels. Uh, Slow-mo, tell these uh, amazing people where they can find you and what you got going on for the next week. Well, first, let me apologize for not uh, dropping any uh, more content after Bug Snacks. Um, It it took a lot out of me. Uh, It drained my life. (laughs) Um, I, I, I almost didn't make it. So I, I apologize. I'm recovering. I'm in recovery and, uh, uh I'm, I'm going to be back soon, but no, seriously, I, I just, uh, I, I've been really super busy and I apologize for not, uh, having any videos out in, in um, in, in a little while, like basically five days, which is a little while for me. Cause I'm usually dropping a video at least every two or three days, mostly. Um, but I'm gonna get back into that, that, uh, that rhythm. Um, with a couple of videos, one about Outriders, another one's going to be about Mass Effect, as well as uh, some other stuff that I got cooking um, in the oven. So uh, look out for that soon. And you can find us back next week on my channel at 9 p.m. Eastern um, as we discuss more stuff uh, um, next week and uh, whether we can have a guest with us or not uh, to be to be determined. We'll see. But hope to see you guys there soon. And great show forte uh great chat as well you know yeah um, very li- very lively tonight you know with a lot of uh a lot of discussion and debate so uh, i love it yeah i truly appreciate all you guys and Aradimus says i'm throwing them off with the dmx news bro the show was already thrown off well before that <laughs> that yeah, just that we just were, that we, just added to the fire been- 45 minutes talking about mass effect <laughs> listen oh, man yeah. no, if you can't talk about the things you love why talk at all <laughs> slow-mo was a video on pc builder simulator look uh-oh don't that you, you don't i don't know if you really want that <laughs> slow-mo will do that I, that's something slow-mo i will definitely will do. do that I, that's actually you guys have been like saying hey play lawnmower simulator knowing that i don't want to play no i don't even want to cut my own lawn i want to play lawnmower simulator right PC, I will play PC building simulator and it'll be like relaxing to me. 
<laughs> so yeah, I I could definitely do a stream of that. Although I don't know how how uh, entertaining that would be. Well, it, it would be entertaining because you will probably be. I we would have to make you do like a funny voice as you're like putting the PC together, like talking your Yoda voice as you do it, uh, like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, talking like Yoda. <laughs> Do not put that there. <laughs> but uh um, pace we need for this <laughs> You know, like no, no, I can, I can, I don't, it'd be weird. I do do think we need to do some kind of like co-op we do need thing. to do a co-op stream. We gotta find something, um something that we can yeah. I mean there's a bunch maybe, of games maybe, out maybe there. Maybe I'll pull up a to- a poll one day mm. with with like, you know, some you know, with a bunch of co-op games that, you know, people normally play, like say like the Dark Pictures, Man of Madon, or uh, Little Hope, or uh, um, what's what's the the one that just came out from um, from the guy that did Brothers? Uh, two of us, is two that of us, is yeah, that, yeah, two of us, or just whatever, you know, just get, put up put up a poll, see what people want to see, and then we can we can do a co yeah, do something because that's how y'all soon. gonna get me to play other games. It shakes too. Thank thank you, Robbins. What's up, FC? How's it going, man? FC Violent in the FC house. FC Violence in the house. What's good, fam? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We definitely yeah. uh, do do a little bit more live content than just the uh, the, the weekly slide uh, stream. The, yeah, the uh, the content that takes four or five hours to to. Oh uh, Jesus! Tell me about it. Edit, render, and 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 do the audio. I hope your PC doesn't stuff. blow up in the process. <laughs> but um right. yeah but uh, shout out to you guys as uh again as always and oh and if you have it please go to the go to twitter and follow the um dps uh podcast tweet twitter account it's um dps underscore podcast underscore and um that's where we're gonna be posting anything to do with the podcast when it comes to uploads for any of the um any of the podcast sites or streaming sites that we're on. Plus you'll get information on um, polls that we do as a, as a live stream of when the next show is going to go live and when, and when we do those um, companion streams, um, when they're going to be and what games and stuff like that's going to be on them. So all that information is going to be there. Um, of course, me and Slobo will also be tweeting them out, but um, show, show, show the uh, accounts of love. We just made it yesterday. And, um, Definitely want to get as many people in there as possible. But outside of that, guys, it's Gaming Forte. You already know where. You're already on the channel. Um, and make sure you guys um, hit the like button on your way out. Um, share this video on social media so we can get more reach and more people up in here. And um, I truly appreciate all you guys. And we will see you guys next week on Slow Mo Backslash channel for episode 30 of the DPS podcast. Have a good weekend. And um, like I said, be... Um, Be nice to everybody and have a good weekend. Peace. The Order 1886 is a good game. I haven't yet, so they definitely heard that. Good. (laughs) Good. Hear it and understand it, okay? (laughs) Later, guys. (laughs) Peace.